0: What's up, everybody? Professional wrestling. wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly,
1: it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible like Goldberg beats Lashley, and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile
0: of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't
1: forget. That the only reason, WWE to be cleared to begin with was because AEW Very was going true. to and they Very were trying true. to sign
0: it. Mini Martial Arts. And I think everything leads towards Sanhagen,
1: but I, I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances the Aldermain Sterling and Puerto Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought right. Connor
0: looked fantastic with the kicks. When he
1: got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest. Move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me.
0: Do you think Pena has a chance against Manunia? The card isn't very good, in my opinion.
1: Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. When Don, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh Jake Paul was like, let's put up our persons against one another, and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations
0: at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet.
1: First off, I'm going to say congratulations, Tyron Woodley, for making $2 million.
0: I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Well, the so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most said said the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests. They protect their fighters. And they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class. And they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just gonna let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC.
1: Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers. but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing. Cause I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Orlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I... That...
0: Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orlovsky, we've seen Cejudo on Dynamite, we've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite, we've seen Jorge Masvidal and Amanda Nunez, like...
1: It's just like, the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful so, Fightful, fightful. Steven yeah, yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito no, for Life. <laughs>
0: Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight straight from you,
1: YouTube.com Live Rounds. The Marksmith have arrived. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will yeah.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome. <laughs> oh, sorry, maybe made me laugh with Steven. Um, anyways, welcome to Live Rounds, episode 28. Um, I was giving him crap because he didn't have any Viking stuff on, you know, and uh, I figured why. And then when we come back, I see that he's got his <laughs> Viking jersey on. So he's still ride or die. Gotta give him credit for that. Um, I'm pretty sure we both had an amazing week last week with pro wrestling, being able to attend live pro wrestling events that we'll get to talk about. And uh, yeah, very exciting NXT um, 2.0, which is rare, but it's exciting for ways for us because based on what I saw, we might get both of these guys in AEW and we'll definitely be talking about that as well. So Steven, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing all right. Yeah, I uh, threw a, you know, I went, I went old school with my Randy Moss. I've got an Adam Thielen jersey, uh, coming for, for, uh, Christmas time. So, you know, I'll be wrapping that soon. haven't, haven't got a new jersey in quite a while. Um, very, very disappointed in my Vikings. I think the only reason Mike Zimmer is still the coach at the time of this recording is because we have a game Thursday and they just can't, they can't make that move with, and, and game plan and be ready for Thursday with like a whole new coaching staff, basically. So like, um, but I, I don't think Zimmer will – I'd be surprised if Zimmer was the coach beyond Thursday, and if not, like, he's definitely gone at the beginning of the season. This whole thing has been a giant bust. We have we have injuries, but every team does. Like, that isn't an excuse. It's it's incredibly frustrating as a Vikings fan, especially because, once again, we lost on literally the last play of the game. Like,
0: it's, yeah. it's every every week.
1: Left. It's been like this every single week. And Zimmer's just – I'm sorry, but he, he's got to go. And – uh yeah, but outside of that, had a great week, went to AEW. Um, you got to see Dynamite and you got to see Rampage being filmed and, and Elevation and all that stuff. So we had a lot of good stuff to talk about this week, including, I don't know if, if y'all saw the tweet, but uh, we now have a new sponsor with the show, a partnership, if you will, with Unkind Esports, which is, their logo is right above me there. Um, Make sure that you guys... Start following them on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribing to their Twitch and all that good stuff because it's a, it's an awesome organization. They're one of the guys that runs it is Rob Van Dam. So it's like there's it a lot of crossover there, a lot of wrestling fans. A lot of wrestling fans are also fans of video games um, and fighting and all that stuff. So we think it's going to be a really cool partnership. And because they're being so awesome to us, we want to make sure all the listeners, people who hear the audio feed, people who are here live – Y'all go over there, support them. They're a newer organization. They just revamped their website. So check it out, unkindesports.com. And even if you're not into esports, check it out. You might wind up being into it. Like, I catch myself watching Twitch way more often than I ever expected that I would at my age. I I watch people gaming all the time, and I think it's super entertaining. So we're going to keep you up to date every week on this show on what's going on with Unkind Esports. If they got any big matchups coming up, we're going to let you guys know. If they have any uh, you know, players that need to get highlighted, we're going to throw that out there for you too. Talk about them at the beginning and end of each of our shows a little bit, just so you all know what's going on. So uh, make sure, once again, follow them. Um, their Twitter handle, I want to make sure I get it right, is, is at Unkind Esports. So very, very easy. Unkind Esports, U-N-K-I-N-D Esports. And uh, yeah, just show them some love for being a part of the show. We're really excited about this, and uh, you guys should be too because this is going to lead uh, for me and Doug to be able to do bigger things with the channel, be able to get you, guys, get you guys more content, higher quality stuff as well. So, this is a really good thing for the channel. And uh, so once again, yeah, just make sure you're supporting over there for Unkind Esports. Really appreciate those guys over there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, very cool. Um, just feel like that we've been consistent doing this and, you know, to finally get a sponsor and somebody that that really believes in us is really cool and uh, definitely appreciate them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's something that I think is going to be mutually beneficial because I love video games. So it's like, this yeah. is, this is super cool for me. And uh, I know it's super cool for them. So, so yeah, once again, shout out to Unkind Esports and we'll, uh, we'll remind you about them before we get off the air tonight.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, where do we even start? I guess we could start with NXT since it's just just got done. Um, I mean, to me, Kyle O'Reilly, it's basically a no-brainer at this point. I don't see him going anywhere but AEW, honestly. Like, I just... You know, when Adam Cole made the statement that it's it's only been like six months, him and Kyle have not been in the same company together or whatever, and, like, the fact that Bobby Fish went there... Like, it's just so obvious where Kyle's going. Um, and personally, if I had to pick between one or the other, I would want Kyle. So I'm, I'm pretty excited just to see. I hope Kyle comes out to the same music that Bobby Fish does, just like he did in Ring of Honor. I just think that that would just be really cool. Um, give you that old school feel, but with the new company. And I'm not really sure what they do with them, though. Like, does he align with Adam Cole when he just had a blood feud with him in NXT, or is it like he's immediately against Adam Cole because the kind of the elites been treating Bobby Fish like crap? And then it's like, are we getting an Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly feud in AEW? Like, I don't really want that. So I'm kind of thinking we might get Bucks and Red Dragon again, which honestly. It was the first time I really noticed the young bucks and ring of honor. And it's one of my favorite matches in the Hammerstein ballroom, like of all time. So if they run that back, I would be all for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They have so many options for where to go with it. And the good thing is all the options that we're thinking of, they're going to have time to play out. Like, I mean, they might come in and feud with the bucks right away, but then there's going to be you know, a year down the line. Maybe they're, you know, aligned with Adam Cole or they're, you know what I mean? Or Kyle is a singles guy. It's like, they, they have just so many options and you can also have Kyle and Bobby teaming together, but also having singles careers at the same time. Like there's no problem with doing that too. And and, because both guys are capable of it, especially Kyle. Like I'm a, I'm a huge Kyle Riley fan. I talk about him all the time. And if I had to choose, just like you, if I had to choose between Kyle and, and Johnny Gargano, if I could only have one or the other, I would go, Kyle 100% of the time like I just I'm I think he's just a more entertaining all around. Now, Gargano is really 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 good in the ring. Like I'm I'm not yeah. taking anything away from his in, his in ring work, but the overall package to me for Kyle O'Reilly is way more appealing. Uh between uh his MMA his MMA style, I like the kind of way he carries himself. I like that he is super versatile as a tag team guy or as a singles guy. Um, He's always credible and he has so much history with so many of the top guys in AEW right now that like, there's just so much they can do with it. So I'm with you, man. And just really quick, before I forget to bring it up, you'll think this is hilarious earlier today on the distraction, the fightful distraction, the show that I do on Tuesdays, normally do ring of honor related stuff. And today we did a watch along for Steen versus Generico at final battle. The one that was like the, like the street fight where Generico hit him over the head with the chair at the end of it. Yeah. Um. Front row, your boy Minoxide, right, right there in the front row. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, I was like, dude, that's definitely Monoxide, especially because like the time lined up to where he would have been like deep into YouTube, you know what I mean? So yeah. it made me think about you because I was like. OG YouTubers, right there in the crowd at Ring of Honor. I've seen you and there Bill was, in, in the crowd at Ring of Honor before and stuff. So. Yeah, there was
0: a uh, there was a guy named Rude Boy back in the day, and at the like final uh, Ring of Honor with Brian Danielson, it shows him like giving him a hug. I was so jealous. I like, was like, <laughs> oh man, like you got to say goodbye to Brian Danielson at Ring of Honor. But yeah, it's crazy. Like once you get to know some of these guys, like they're all over the place they like, I kid you not, there's this one guy that I see all the time at GCW and he was at Houston and Dallas. Like he, he made the trip. So you just never know who you're going to run into and stuff. That's why I really enjoyed WrestleMania weekend for what it represented back in the day, because it was just like this ultimate wrestling fan reunion and everybody just like celebrated wrestling and I feel like that WWE has kind of turned their back on that type of audience. And they've gone more towards AEW. And so I don't know what WrestleMania this, this year will be. Um, the good thing is, is there's, there's so much indie stuff that goes on for WrestleMania weekend that it's still worth the trip if people really want to go. But it's hard to make that trip if you're not even interested in WrestleMania. So I, like I said, I'll be interested to see how Dallas goes. But, like, when I get online and I see, like, a 25% off code to buy tickets to WrestleMania, like, that's not a good sign. Like, that, that, that can't be what they wanted.
1: Dude, well, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Once again, another thing that I've had in the chamber that I, you know, just don't want to forget to bring up. And you kind of just led me right into being able to bring it up. I've been talking about it month after month about WWE's direction and lights for children and the bigger picture and what they're trying to do. Saw Xavier Woods is hosting Nickelodeon show now. Oh man. Mm. I'm just saying like, I've been calling literally this for quite a while now saying they're trying to get deeper in with Nickelodeon and, it's it's here. I think John. I think John Cena had had hosted a Nickelodeon show in the past as well. So it's and, but that's John Cena. That's a little bit different. But this is just like this is a like current active, very much in the trenches. King Xavier in WWE, who is the host of a Nickelodeon show now, and I'd imagine there's a lot more of that to come. So uh, so yeah, for that, whatever it, that's worth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then the thing is like with Gargano. One thing I wanted to point out is. I think that Kyle, is it was so much more established in the independence as a star that it's like you're just welcoming him home. right? To me, Johnny was like an evolved guy that, you know, he was good, but he wasn't like really super over or anything. And then when he went into NXT, he became like Mr. NXT. So I think it's important for AEW to take that just because that is – what nxt represented if you have johnny gargano and adam cole like those were the two key figure heads of nxt and if you take that like there's definitely going to be a crossover in my opinion of just people that watched nxt that are like look adam cole's there i didn't really want to watch but now johnny gargano's there kyle o'reilly's there malachi black andrade like you literally could go FTR. You literally could go back and just, like, pick the top all-stars of NXT. And AEW has the majority of them now. And, and like, I just don't understand that business model. I mean, I'm seeing these people in the crowd, like, crying because Johnny's leaving. And it's, like you you're still supporting this though and you're still watching it and they're literally they destroyed everything that you loved about that company like it, it's over but they like people still hold on to it that's what i i just don't get like move on and go somewhere else especially if they're gonna be there
1: you know sure and i agree with that but i also think that it to be fair like if you enjoy the show that's fine you know what i mean like yeah yeah, for sure but i'm you're you're but what you're talking about is fans that like constantly complain about this stuff yes Um, because and there's a ton of them out there and i totally agree and that goes for any wrestling company where like people watch it and just i mean they're there i can literally hear the the deep breathing of some of the people when I read their their tweets about these shows. Like I can, I can hear them breathing into their phones while they're tweeting. Like I, I can, I, I just, I can, I know how, how much they must be sweating just up against their keyboards, just angry about what they're watching on wrestling. And it's like, I mean, honestly, I'll be, I'll be dead honest. The saddest thing in the world to me, one, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean is yeah. seeing adults, grown adults dunking on each other on Twitter based off of a children's show like you know how weird that is to like to the outside world or even other wrestling fans like like imagine people our age getting in like threatening each other over the internet because of hey arnold you know what i'm saying like like this because that's what it is but it's it's also
0: like how often are aew fans fighting with aew fans Right. Like at the end of the day, like we might not like a few things here or there, but like we can find enough of common ground that we're just happy with. Right. These people are not happy with what they're watching. <laughs> they're fighting with each other all the time and they're fighting about why it sucks. Like they're like, well, it's because Vince is out of touch or, well, it's because of Bruce Pritchard. Or, well, it's because they only believe in Roman. Or it's because WWE is a supposed racist company. Or, I mean, it's just no matter what, there's, like, all these reasons why it's bad. But yet, it's like, I can't let it go because I watched it with my dad when I was seven. Right. And it's, like, my all-time, like, it just reminds me of all these things. But, like, this, it, I, the reason I just can't relate to that, though, is because... I grew up with the WWF. I watched it when I was like five years old and now I don't watch it anymore. Like, you know, I'll pay attention to see here or there, but like, I'm not even watching the pay-per-views right now. Like I, I didn't watch war games. I didn't watch survivor series. I'm not watching it. And so to me, it's just like, Like you want me to turn off a Sunday night football game to watch this? Like, no, I'm not doing it.
1: See, and the thing is, it's the mindset that they have is what they need to realize. Cause I understand the mindset of, of the people you're complaining about. And I agree with you, but I, the, the, how do I put this? the argument and all the, the mouth breathing, just anger on Twitter made sense in like 2016 because yeah. there wasn't another option yes you know like if you were a wrestling fan and you wanted to watch wrestling on mainstream television and you wanted a weekly episodic show with the best talent in the world the wwe was really the only place for you to be watching but now things have changed and there are plenty of places to watch wrestling every every day of the week on mult on various platforms so i was very easily able to be like Oh, I'm, this, this isn't for me anymore. But like, I would have really gotten mad about it years ago. Cause I'm like, damn, like that's really messed up. Like this might not even be around like X amount of years from now. If it keeps going this direction, like it seems to get better. Cause like, if I have kids, I want them to have the WWE and like, yeah. and I was like super invested. Cause that was the only option. WCW was gone. ECW was gone. TNA was never going to be the WWE, like bring up all you, right. name it. But now it's changed. You have other options. So if, and that's what I don't get is like these fans, there, there's there's the occasional outlier like Alex Plowski. I'll always give him credit because his actual job is to get paid to be outraged about WWE. Like it's his actual job to talk trash about WWE. So I'm fine with that. But like if you're not getting, if you're spending your time watching these shows and all you're doing with your, with your time is, is tweeting in all caps about how this wrestler is not getting pushed for this reason or that reason. And you fantasy booked your way through next WrestleMania and none of your ideas are happening. So you're losing your mind over it. I don't know what to tell you. Like once again, yeah. it'd be like me going on Twitter and being like, well, you know, they're not pushing Gerald enough because he's African-American. Arnold seems to be getting all the pushes in this Hey Arnold show, like stinky, just, he, he should be a top guy and he isn't. And Helga, like she should really be. It's we're talking about a kid show, a kid yeah. show, like just, you know either enjoy the show which plenty of people do about a million and a half people a week maybe closer to a million they enjoy the show and they just watch it for what it is but then yeah. you have the people you're talking about who just can't shut up about it on twitter and it's like they just need to find other things to watch i, I don't know what have we,
0: i mean to me like the only time that i can recall like within the last like i don't know 15 years of seeing a roster just get completely gutted and become something totally different was like TNA. Like yeah. when when, T- when AJ Styles left and they went to like Destination America and like they lost all their big names, it, it was just like, they just got gutted. And it felt like just, it should be called something different. And that's exactly what they did. And I mean, to me, like NXT is just like, it got gutted, man. Like there's nothing there that int- that interests me. And like, and this is the thing too. Like, I, I honestly felt the way that they were building it. Gargano was going to stay. Like I thought that that's the way, but then Johnny comes out crying and I'm like, Hmm, I don't think so. And then they put over, what's this guy's name? Brian. Oh oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Grayson Waller. I know Mason him because Waller. I I review two hundred five live for Fightful and he's been on two hundred five live quite a bit so I actually know who that is. I mean, yeah. does this man
0: have a lot of potential? No, no. Right, so
1: he'll he'll he, yeah. I don't want to say, but yeah, I know. Yeah, no.
0: flame out. He'll flame out. Yeah. And, and and you waste Johnny's farewell speech to put this guy over like it's just and and like be honest with yourselves. Like, what is Ciampa gonna do? what is what is Roderick Strong gonna do what is Pete Dunn gonna do like there's only gonna be a logical conclusion like I you know I hope these guys whatever contracts they sign they get to see the full amount of it but like that they are completely going in a different direction and then for them to now have like a program to where they can sign kids in college to go ahead and start to get trained and stuff, that's their future, yes. that's what they're going
1: for. And that's what Triple it's, H's like role is going to be is that like getting kids right out of college because NXT has failed, so like they need so he'll be recruiting from now on, probably.
0: Yeah, I, I, I and so like it's just a completely different product at this point, and if you like had to pick like which one's more like nxt wwe or AEW, and you were an nxt fan like you want to go to AEW if you like that type of wrestling if you like that type stuff because i mean all all nxt was was just a, a major promotion indie like that's what it was built as
1: yeah yeah for sure like you know i hadn't watched nxt since the the last takeover which like is the last takeover show, uh, because right. now it's just, you know, war games or whatever names they are going to use. And I hadn't watched it. And I, I, watched war games and, um, it's like watching a totally different show. Like there's very, very little about like, like there's nothing about this NXT show that reminds me anything about when like Kevin Owens debuted on NXT and like attack Sami Zayn or like Samoa Joe showing up or, or Nakamura or, or Balor. It's, it's nothing, nothing, right. nothing like that at all. Um, the guys that they're trying to build for the next generation. It's funny because it's, it's basically millionaires club versus new blood from WCW, like the the dying days of WCW, except the new blood is like green and they're being made to look better than the way better old school NXT wrestlers. Like yeah. you're trying to make it look like Grayson Waller is on like a higher level than like Tommaso Ciampa. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. it's, it's like, it's,
0: it's Nexus versus like ring of honor. Like that's like, <laughs> it, what it was. And like I said, the whole time back in the day, Nexus would have worked if they would have had like all ring of honor stars that were actually talented. And they're going right back to that same philosophy of taking guys that aren't actually legit stars and just pushing them, and I mean, and who know? I I wouldn't be surprised if they picked like five of them to come to the main roster and like do some type of nexus type gimmick, but with these NXT 2.0 guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I, it definitely could. Um, you know, they're really depleted, and it was pretty obvious when like one of the members of like the OG NXT team was La Knight, and I was like, Yeah, I know. I was like, this guy doesn't remind me at all of old school NXT. Like this guy's way more of like current NXT, if anything. Um like, why
0: couldn't it have been like LA Knight and Vaughn Wagner and then Kyle be in the main event to like that would have made way more sense.
1: Yeah, or like, I mean, have Owen show up to defend NXT or Balor or like someone who actually mattered to the brand. I mean, like, I yeah, you know, but any I mean the the whole thing was clearly just a vehicle to make the show about Braun Breaker. Like that's like clear, like all of their eggs are in the basket of Braun Breaker, every single one of their eggs. Like they have a couple others here and there that like, you can tell they want to pan out, but like Braun Breaker, they have chosen. It's very clear. Yeah. And you know, tonight was the first time I really heard him do like an extended promo of any kind. And like, yeah. he sounds just like the Sire brothers. I mean, like, but you his can't voice- mention them. right. But, but it's, he looks like a signer. He sounds like a signer, but he still has a long way to go in the ring before he's like Rick and Scott Steiner in the ring, in my opinion, but there's a lot of potential there. And that's kind of what everyone I think is excited about with him. But like, you need more than just that. Like, I think that they're really hoping Gable Steveson will like catch on really fast. Like, yeah. you know, which he might, I mean, but it's also like, well, it, you can't it, also count it, on him to be like Kurt angle. Cause like no one, no one's going to be that good that fast. Like, well, and
0: speaking of that, so it was pretty obvious at this point Mania was going to be Roman and Brock, but now they're doing day one, which you could go to if you would like, um, Roman and Brock uh, pay-per-view, like, in January 1st, so what are you doing for Rumble, and then, like, what are you doing for Mania, like, what, what, what do they have?
1: Well, it'll probably be like McIntyre versus Roman or something like the other guy that they couldn't get over to the point that they wanted. Like, and that's the sad thing, too. Like Drew McIntyre checks like every box. Like he's good in yeah. the ring. He's a good looking dude. He's big. He's believable. Um, He's good on the microphone. He's been wrestling a long time. Like um, he's a marketable guy. Like, But unfortunately for him, he was the champion when there were no fans for like a year. And just nobody really cares that much. Like he's he's not your next Roman Reigns. He's not your next John Cena. He's not your next massive. I mean, he's he's gonna be a big star within the confines of like the WWE universe. But like he's not. I don't see him ever reaching Roman's level. And Roman's level level is still like an entire solar system away from like Cena's level. What that was and is currently. Yeah. So it's like I I don't know. And and could could Braun Breaker be that guy? Like maybe, but like once again, like you can't just bank on that. Like there has to be, they, the WWE should have like t- like W like AEW does. They have literally like ten or twenty people we could name right now that like if if all their top people went down, they'd they'd be able to fill it. It'd be it'd be yeah. believable and the fan base would be into it. The WWE just yeah. doesn't have that, and they're gonna just keep bleeding. Like they're gonna lose Kevin Steen. They're gonna lose Sami Zayn. They're gonna lose. Roger Strong, eventually they're going to lose all these guys. And it's just going to be a company. It's going to be a company full of 20 something wrestlers that are all super generic, that have all been trained in the PC. It'll be the Roman Reigns show with a bunch of people that aren't on his level. And that's what, that's what the company is going to be, you know, and they're all going to wrestle the same and talk the same and look the same. And it's just, that's the future of the company yay <laughs> well, that's why we don't watch right. the show i mean it's pretty yeah, i agree easy, you know like i agree it's
0: it's um just not worth anybody's time anymore um got a couple super chats let's get to those uh just Kid 96 thanks again thanks for sending in a super chat um if or when ww sells who buys it and what do you think the product will look like
1: just explain that pretty much um like it's going to look like how I just explained, except the goal once again is going not the the in ring the in ring stuff is going to be so secondary in the future of the yeah, WWE. It I already is. I totally
0: agree with that.
1: But it's just going to be more of trying to take athletes or or people like tonight on NXT. They're they're debuting some girl who was like an Olympian in gymnastics. I don't know her name, but they showed a promo for her, and in her promo she was like she said something along the lines of getting an Olympic gold medal is nothing compared to becoming the NXT women's champion. And I was like, who's trying to fool right now? Like, let's be right. all right. Like, like you're, you're going to really come on here and tell me that like winning the NXT women's championship is a bigger deal than winning a gold medal in the Olympics. Like
0: yeah. what,
1: but like, but that, that's this. the point is the wrestling is going to be very, very secondary. They're going to take these athletes and stuff and they're going to try to mold them into D level actors and actresses. They're going to have them do these really weird, lame storylines that, that are going to be fun for kids to watch. And they're going to try to get them on Nickelodeon or Disney or whatever. So to, so to answer your question where they're selling, I'm not sure. But I think it'll 1 billion percent be a company that has a lot of children's programming licenses. So it'll be like a Nickelodeon, Viacom, Disney Plus. It'll be something along those lines.
0: I just think at the end of the day, if you have corporate, a corporate operation company whatever that buys another company that isn't an expert from that field you can expect a disaster and that's what i think will happen i think that whoever buys it i think it could be somewhat like you know a, uni- a, a, a universal uh, a disney a warner brothers whatever amazon and then they'll hire somebody that they think will do a good job but probably have some type of like role already with that company not pro wrestling and then hire people that he thinks or she thinks that will be able to produce a good wrestling product but see I think what they'll try to do is like you know, get the rock to come back to wrestling or like try to get a celebrity to wrestle at a pay-per-view or something of that matter. Like to, to, to be more of just an entertainment company than an actual wrestling company. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did sell, I could see them like possibly selling off their library. Because I don't think that they want to have anything to do with the past once they
1: sell. It's a really good point. Yeah, there's so many cancelable things about their history that they just wash their hands and take the bag. Yeah. Look at the
0: philosophy, right? Why do I want you to watch the past so you can see how good it was and then crap all over the future? I'm trying to move on from the past. I want you to forget about the past and I want you to focus on what you're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, I know I've brought it up before on here, but I really think that at some point in our lifetime, there will be a clear distinction, almost like they're two separate companies between the WWF and the WWE, because they can pretty much label it as the WWF was like an, an adult show that was rated like NC 17 or whatever. And that's why you see the, you know, half naked women and the, the all the blood and this and that. And they can be like, that's what the WWF was. But the WWE really starts with like John Cena is like the first real star of the WWE and like it, it's a PG show because that's another thing that I think could confuse the fan base, especially with newer fans. If they were to be, if you, for instance, if you're like an eight year old kid and you're watching raw right now, and then you go on like the WWE network to watch old matches to find out about like wrestlers you've heard of. And it's, you know, Steve Austin, giving the, the two finger salute, drinking a beer and stunning a woman. And you're like, Wait, this isn't what I'm watching on Mondays. Like, this is a totally different. Like, this is right. for, my dad would maybe watch this. Like, this isn't, you know. Right. So it, it real. I I'm totally with you. I think that it'd probably be smart to be honest. It just it's just well, to think about that though. You're gonna
0: find somebody that'll probably give them like over a billion dollars to get the library itself. So you're gonna get be able to get rid of the library, take that off of your hands, and then just focus. And the same thing, too, on Peacock. All you need Peacock for is to sell current pay-per-views. You don't need to have an archive footage. So because now it's not just about the WWE. You're just like, it's just a tab, right? So then that tab will just be live events, and that's all you need. You don't need anything in the past in their eyes. So um, I I could see that happening, too, to where the past would be sold. And like I said... And that people are like oh that sucks that sounds awful but that's what the vision is for these corporations it's about making money and it's about um also cleaning up your image if that's what you want to do you know at the end of the day these dark side of the ring stories are going to come out more and more and if you don't have the past you don't have to deal with hulk hogan's dirty laundry or what Ric Flair has done or whatever else. It's just like, we moved on from that. So this is what we have now.
1: Yeah, now and, you got the uh, XFL. Let's go.
0: Right, right. May, and maybe you do that, right? Like you merge um, promoting with XFL and WWE or you make it a Peacock exclusive or, you know, there's just all sorts of different stuff that they could do. But I, I really do think whoever buys it will absolutely ruin the WWE. I think the W and and this is the thing, too, is like, I think I think it's partially already sold, like just just in general. Right. Because think about when you sell your film library to a streaming service, like you're kind of almost already there. And then you're now you're just going through constant cuts and you're trying to be as profitable as possible. You completely redo your the way that you um build stars, you gut NXT. Like, just think about that. If Walter goes to NX uh, from NXT UK and he just goes to the WWE, like they're gonna get rid of NXT UK, that's gonna be gone. Like, they are already on the verge of, like I said, if, if I would say like a percentage wise, I already think they're 50% sold. I just think there's another 50% to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm totally with you. And I know that tonight they had mentioned, I think Joe Gacy brought up how um, they, they made allusions to that. Like 205 live is going to get like a rebrand of some kind. Like they're not going to call it 205 live anymore. Um, Roderick strong is cruiserweight title. Like he's taking on all challengers now. Like there's no weight limit to it. Like the X division. So I think they're already in the process of like either getting rid of 205 live or like changing what it is or whatever and then nxt uk is basically in the same kind of boat which is sad because like nxt uk is actually a really good show like that's another one that i have to watch every week for fightful and i say have to watch but but in all honesty it is it's a really solid hour-long wrestling show every week um it's just nobody cares nobody watches but they have guys over there that are just like tyler Bate and Ilya Dragunov, like to be like for good examples like those two dudes should be massive stars in the United States. Like, it's, it, it makes no sense that they've just been hiding them there in NXT UK for nobody to watch. Like, yeah. it, you know, it's, but, but instead, you're going to get like Tony D'Angelo and like Elias type dudes over and over. And it's just going to be like, you know, and then like actual people that can wrestle are under contract, but nobody's getting to see their matches
0: we got another super chat from John. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is easily going to AEW. By the way, when do you think he debuts? I'm thinking winter is coming.
1: I think he shows up. I would love it. Either winter is coming or the TBS debut, because that's like right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think it's going to be soon. I really do.
0: Um, Gargano is a bit of a toss-up, but WWE has shown that they don't value wrestlers like Gargano and WWE anymore. I think Gargano's gone, man. Like I, like I'm not even debating like he's coming back. I think he's out of there. I think if he was going to sign, he'd already done it. And um, once the moment he gets a taste of outside of there, he is going to be like, I'll "See you later." Like um, it, it. I, I think he's as good as gone. I just don't know necessarily what fits
1: like where he fits in at AEW but like he fits in great he, on like AEW Dark Elevation dude like <laughs> but i but i don't even mean that as like a diss like just imagine him versus all the good indie guys he could bring in just having just off. No, matches like, no
0: i mean he's great I, he, yeah. he fits in great at there i just like like to me he's better than Tony Nice as an overall prospect like i would rather have him than Tony Nice i would rather have him than certain guys so like i'm all for Johnny coming to AEW i think I was a huge fan, and you can argue during the Kenny Omega, like, prime days, the one person that was really giving him a run for his money for, like, best matches of the year was Johnny Gargano. Like, he was absolutely killing it. So, I, I'm all for Johnny going to AEW.
1: Yeah, I'm for it as well. Like like I said, I don't know exactly how he fits in, but, like, it, he will find a spot because he is so damn good in the ring um with, like imagine uh, gargano and jungle boy yeah yeah exactly like, what and like like you were saying you know i think a lot of these guys like is, is that the whole thing about getting a taste of like the other side of this like seeing guys like adam cole come in and say that their first day in aew was their favorite day of their whole career like if you're if you're like kyle o'reilly you're sitting there going like man i want to feel that like you know what i mean like all these guys are, go, are going in and talking about how this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to their careers. You even see guys like the Briscoe brothers. Totally different scenario, but like they've been in Ring of Honor for so long that like they get out there in GCW in front of like a packed house and everyone's going yeah. nuts. And you can tell that they're probably like, "Damn, like I, like I love Ring of Honor, but like even if they're coming back, like I like I like this feeling. Like I haven't Dude, had this feeling in a I long time." Like-
0: I felt like we had to kick Bandito out of there to get him out of there, man. Like, he was so jacked. And then he didn't want to leave the ring. He kept posing with the belts. He kept staying in there the whole time. Like, you could tell, though. Like, he was surprised. Because there's something about that damn building, dude. The Houston Premier Arena. It is it is a dump. But it is it is part of the culture of indie wrestling. And, like, when you can bang on the walls, like, the 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 sound it makes and then like i don't know if you saw me but i was banging on the ring i went up front because yeah, yeah i saw I was banging yeah. on the ring and like just that environment is just it, it just is crazy like it feels like you're kind of just in your own little world that nobody knows about like it's a hidden underground fight club type thing yes and uh it's just it's just really cool yeah, that's right, why I love yeah. stuff
1: in Nashville so much. It's in a bar in East Nashville, Tennessee, and it's standing room only. Everyone's up against the ring. There, they, there's only I think the max capacity is like one hundred and fifty or two hundred, and that's like cramming people in. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's it's exactly like you described. And you feel like you're a part of something that you, I like. I think there's a lot of WWE fans that like they'll watch the show and tweet about it because they feel like they matter, but they don't because the WWE is just gonna do whatever they want to do. They don't really care about you. When you go to these right. kind of shows, you're like. Man, I feel like me being here actually made a difference tonight. Like, we made noise. We bought tickets. We bought merch. Like, we like we got to see great matches. Like, you feel like you're yep. actually a part of it.
0: Yep. No, for sure. It's, it's, it's awesome. But um, we got 35 people in here. So if you guys haven't smashed that like button, please do. As always, if you want to support the channel and ask us a question, please submit Super Chats. We'll definitely answer your question. And we really appreciate you supporting the channel. Um, so I guess we could just jump into your experience for Dynamite. Uh, you got to see Cody Rhodes set himself on fire. So that's fun. How shocked were you when they pulled out the flaming table? Like, were you just like, oh, my God?
1: Well, the way they played it was so perfect because Andrade teased getting the table earlier in the match. And everyone, you got everyone chanting, we want tables throughout the match. So, like, we were all wanting to see a table. We didn't know it was going to get lit on fire. But the funniest part about it was Brandy on masks, which there's really no reason for her to wear a mask again when she helps run the company. Like, she can do whatever she wants. But she hits the ring. Boo! She whips out the lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Um, and speaking of, this is a real thing. I'm not just making this up. I encourage anybody who goes to any AEW shows, listens out for this in the crowd while they're there. Before Cody came out for his match, I heard multiple pockets of people around me asking the people they were with, "Hey, we cheering a booing?" Like it wasn't. It wasn't wow. like it wasn't like an organic, visceral. We hate this guy. It was like a, "What's the cool thing to do? Should we cheer or should we boo when he comes out?" Yeah. Like you know. And then by the end of the show, he's lit himself on fire and rolled around the ring, legitimately on fire. And all right. of a sudden, the show goes off the air. He grabs the microphone, talks about how granted is to wrestle in Atlanta. The entire place is on their feet, clapping, screaming, crying. Like, Cody Rhodes is the hero. No, Not one boo in that entire building. Wow. And then, what they didn't show on TV, he takes that golden shovel with him and walks back up the ramp. And I'm like, this dude knows that he is trolling so hard. He knows exactly yep. what he's doing. Like He is going to play that line here on out of, like, yeah. I'm a good guy and there's no reason to, to boo me because I'm a good dude and I stick to – but there is a couple little things about me, like yeah, I'll give you that. Like, you, I'll, I'll let you boo me for these little things. But at the end of the day, I'm a good dude. Like, yeah. and it's gonna totally depend on who he's wrestling going forward. Like, if he's doing the same kind of stuff against the heel, you know, it'll 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 be hints of it. But if he's doing the same kind of stuff against the baby face, he doesn't have to change much either and just be confused when people are booing him. Like, it's I I think I think he's playing the the people who get really upset about him. He is playing them like a fiddle right now. So like. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, not one person was booing him at the end of that show live. Right. So,
0: I mean, I felt like, dude, when he put himself through that table, I was just like, Cody's a man, dude. I don't want to hear anything. (laughs) He, he went all out that match. And one thing though, like, was it the, the stuff on his back? Was that like supposed to protect him from the fire? Yeah. It's like,
1: it's like flame retarded, like, uh, you know, stuff is supposed to put the flame out. Yeah.
0: Okay, because Taz said that he got hit by a trash can on commentary. and Because, you know, they, they were throwing trash on each other and stuff. So people were just like, it looked like a bad sunburn and his skin was peeling. But, like, that was kind of like a odd thing. I'm like, does Cody know that, like, his whole back is just covered in this stuff? Yeah.
1: I couldn't and really then- tell live uh, that yeah. it was there. But I okay. saw people was- on Twitter mm-hmm. tweeting about it. But
0: it was very noticeable on TV. I,
1: I, I know. And one other thing, I'm not going to blame Brandy for this because like at the end of the day, they were just trying to make sure that the fire like didn't go out, but like she may have doused out a little too much with lighter fluid. Like, I think that might've yeah. been a big reason why, like, because Cody, I watched the replay, like Andrade misses it almost completely. Like he like gets kind of close and takes his, his bump and t- does a somersault out of the way cody just flat backs right into the fire and the thing doesn't go out and he's just rolling around in fire and at one point i noticed cody pins andrade while cody's arm is still on fire and part of it fell onto andrade's chest so andrade is laying there getting pinned trying to put the fire on his chest while cody's yeah. pinning him <laughs> it's like these dudes are nuts like if y'all are booing these dudes after this like something's wrong with you so um, i mean and that's exactly the kind of stuff cody needs to do too like go out there and, like, if people were still booing you after that table spot, like, they're just booing you just just because they think it's the cool thing to do. Like, you can't watch that and not respect what this dude's doing.
0: Well, I remember on Road 2, he was talking about how he needed to up the ante for jumping off or doing the moonsault off the cage. So and I was like, too. yeah, yeah. what is he talking about? What, <laughs> what, what more can you do? So I was thinking, like, is he going to moonsault off the stage? Like, what, what's the plan? And then, yeah, he, he gets a flaming table, so <laughs> –
1: I uh I will also say about the live experience. I had forgotten because it's been so long. I haven't been to a live show since AEW before the pandemic. And yeah. I in this this is an exclusive this is not exclusive to WWE fans, it's not exclusive to any kind of pro wrestling fans or company. I I definitely didn't miss all these dudes in the crowd who try to get themselves over. Like I had oh, to listen man. to it all night. These guys There was this one dude directly behind me, just yelling in the back of my head the whole time, like calling all the moves before they happen. And he was wrong almost every time. It was like, it was, it was. (laughs) But he said it so confident, right? Yeah. Well, and there was like these people. Arm drag. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. He's yelling out 450 for people that like have never run gone off the top rope. It's like it isn't. But this dude was like, and I hear him behind me talking about how. The WWE evil because they're they're putting people on the main roster so that they can I have to hold them to 90-day compete clauses. It was just like the markiest of the mark talk going on around me. And I just kept telling myself, I'm like, just try to zone it out. Like, you're just here to have a good time watch wrestling. Like, don't have to correct these people or, or, or get in this conversation. And I didn't. But for four hours, I listened to some dude just yeah. yelling, just yelling in the back of my head the whole time. And the, the yeah. funniest thing about it, was he was talking about Leo Rush the whole show? Like this dude just he loves Leo Rush, right? And that's the fine. Best. Leo Rush is no, but it, but it's like it, it was like to a, no, a, I know. a weird. And Leo Rush comes out like he his music hits and he comes out and this dude is jumping up and down like with his arm doing the whole thing and like all his boys around him because like well I shouldn't say all of his boys. This guy came to the show by himself one billion percent. But talked so much that the people around him felt bad for him and like would were like kind of communicating with him throughout the show, and he's standing up and down like, oh, it's your boy Leo Rush, like hell yeah! And then he realized he wasn't wrestling, and then he sat down and almost started crying, like legit, like because he thought he was so close to seeing Leo Rush wrestle live. He didn't get But yeah, he gets
0: to watch like Sting wrestle, which is a very oh, rare occasion and didn't the guy's like, Sting crying oh. about Leo Rush.
1: Yeah, no, that guy didn't care about Sting. He 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 was he was it was literally this the just I mean, but it's one of those things where like I know he's not the only one in the crowd like that. I know there's people like that all over the place, but like I just happened to sit right in front of one. It's just like and and I didn't have the heart to turn around and say something because there's also a level of me that thinks that there's like Like this guy paid for a ticket, right? He can say whatever he wants. He can be as loud as he wants. But you could also tell, once again, he came to the show by himself, and he probably only gets to talk about wrestling at these shows to other people who care. He's probably that dude, like in his everyday life, that like someone like mentions wrestling and he like disappears. He doesn't want anyone to know he likes wrestling, you know. But like when he gets to a show, he can't shut up about it. So, you know, I do feel bad for people like that. They don't get like to talk about wrestling with other people. So I get it from that perspective, but this is just a kind of a PSA for anybody out there that hears this, like, just don't be that guy. Like nobody needs to hear you yelling about your favorite wrestlers or what moves they think you think are about to happen or, or when you think each finish is going to happen and all these storylines you want to happen. Like just, just go there and enjoy the show live. You don't, you don't need to, you don't need to try to get yourself over. You know what I mean?
0: Well, that's the thing is like people paid a ticket to see AEW. They didn't pay a ticket to see you or hear you. So it's like, you know, you can do your thing and all, but like, there's always that one guy that's got some stupid sex joke in the crowd. And there's always that oh. one guy that's got this stupid, like, you know, I'll kick your ass joke or just like, dude, shut up. You're not funny. You're not. And then there's like three people in the background that laugh about it. which yeah. encourages them to say uh, yes. more. Yes. And you're like, oh, God. The,
1: the best was you just reminded me the same dude at one point he yelled out about i don't even know exactly i how do i even say it he basically said out loud as loud as he could like hell yeah chris satlander's got a fat ass like yelled that out and no one responded like this is the first time i'll show that there was no reaction not even like the sympathy like oh, that was a good one like no yeah. one responded and then like a few seconds later he was like yeah, I don't regret saying that. Like, as you could tell how embarrassed he was. So he started, like, oh, convincing man. himself out loud that he wasn't embarrassed about it, even though he was clearly embarrassed about it. And it was, like, this, like, you, you just described exactly, like, that is what happens at all these shows. Like, someone's yeah. got to be that guy who just yeah. says, like, the out-of-line stuff over and over, thinks that they're funny and just, they just annoy especially everyone Especially,
0: like, especially, like, the smart marks, like, some of them, like, they, they just come up with the most ridiculous chants and, like, some of it's just over the top. And they try to get themselves over, but... I would rather have that than somebody who's not necessarily that and just like says a bunch of random crap because he's finally able to talk to people about wrestling during a 4-hour show. Here's another thing, 4 hours
1: too long. Um, crowd was pretty hot for elevation, really hot for dynamite. It didn't come across as good on TV. Like we were definitely louder in person than how it sounded just for whatever that's worth. But yeah. um by yeah, I'd say the crowd kind of started dying down after jade cargill's entrance like they were they were hot for for jade coming out but like and then but then that was like two matches into rampage or something the crowd was pretty exhausted by the tag team match the uh the ftr and pack and penta match um although there were multiple people i heard in the crowd that were complaining about too many sarah meridos it wasn't just me so i was pretty happy to hear about that but
0: yeah they're just upset phoenix wasn't there
1: yeah, but uh, I will also say, just really quickly, I just completely randomly, I, before the show started, I ran right into Brandy Rhodes around no one, like, except for her no. own security. Just happened to be yeah. the right place at the right time, and you could tell, I could tell her security didn't want me near her, because, like, people probably just constantly harass i shouldn't say harass but bother her when she's trying to get from point a to point b at these shows but i had a quick second to thank uh to thank her for sending her and cody sending jesse like the balloons and stuff to her hospital oh, and she cool, was like cool. and she was like oh yeah like no problem like she was like really nice she went from like why is this guy approaching me to like oh yeah like thanks for letting me know that you know she that made her happy kind of thing so you know i say a lot of stuff about brandy i don't think she's a good wrestler i don't like that she's a part of the show she's not for me but it was cool that i was able to at least tell her like you know that she, she did something really nice her and cody did something really nice for jesse davin while she's in the hospital and um i'm i was just glad that someone was able to tell her about that in person so yeah yeah i mean you know once you get the human side
0: of them it's all good um yeah but but yeah yeah I, I don't know about Brandy. I, I I just leave it at that. Like we'll, we'll see what her future is. Her <laughs> the crowd booed her, the shit out of her. Her goals seem unattainable. Let's just say that.
1: I mean I really she hope she doesn't win the women's championship. The yeah, I like, really that hope. that's
0: just that shouldn't happen. And no. neither should the TBS title either. Nope. Like none of that should happen
1: no nope. so we'll we'll see though um if she can put in like a solid like year and a half to two years of like solid real good matches and surprise me i'll change my mind about it but like she hasn't shown anything to where she's anywhere near the level of like a brit or a thunder roaster or a serena deep or layla hirsch or a, a jade even i mean jade's green you know like yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah so so cody uh split Crowd were more booze
1: than cheers. More cheers than booze.
0: But it was more also Atlanta. I mean, like he's got yeah, a lot of friends and
1: family out there. Um uh but in all honesty, it was probably for like every 15 people cheering, it was like one booing, like it was it was pretty one-sided for live at least. So, gotcha. Yeah, and
0: then rampage kind of died down the crowd. Because the thing, th- here's the thing: when you have like a flaming table spot with the hometown guy and all that in a match for, like, 25 minutes. And then you're like, okay, now here's Rampage. Like, the crowd is spent. They've been there three hours at that point.
1: Well, like, we just saw a flaming table spot. Like, it right. wasn't any, any better than that. <laughs> like...
0: Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And it's the, like, I understand why they do it. But it just, it, it becomes, like, a chore to go through that much. And, and then, like, the dark elevation stuff, it's just kind of like... Uh,
1: but that's before the show, so like that's yeah. at least like you can kind of decide if you want to show up early and watch that or not. But
0: but see, Steven, like the shows that I went to, it was like after the show, right? Like, no, it same was like when I first Dynamite, played. yeah, and then it was like Dark Elevation, and you're like, bro, like I'm, I, and none of the matches are even that good. Like it's mainly just so you can see the roster on Dark Elevation. Like there was a couple where like like uh dante like really he like jumped out and um like over the the post to the outside and stuff like that but i mean it was few far between the lucha bros main event they usually at the main event they'd have like pack or something big like that but like some of this this local talent versus like a big name and you know it was like you know it's all right but
1: yeah yeah, and there was a lot of that with the Dark Elevation that I watched. And once again, it was before the show. So like it was cool to see someone like the guy, like Baron Black, for instance, who like a lot of people know or talking about right now because him and Gresham were the guys running Terminus and he's, you know, out okay. of Atlanta. Um okay. but uh but yeah, when I went to Dynamite before the pandemic, it was the same kind of thing where like it was Dynamite first and then they filmed Dark After. But I got really lucky on my show because one of the matches was Janela and somebody in like a street fight and it was like really good. Cause they were doing like, like elbow drops off ladders through tables and stuff on, on dark for, for us wow. live. So like I got really lucky for that. So like the crowd stayed into that, but you know, I also, I, at one point they were doing like before, before when they could only really film one day a week for all this stuff, they were doing like seven hour shows with like 30 matches. Like, you know I'm glad they're not doing that anymore um no four hours honestly, three hours is probably like the sweet spot for being live. Four hours is a little long, but it's tolerable, but also, me and you are used to going to like u f c shows that are like seven hours, you know what I mean, yeah. so it's like we're a little more used to it too, so
0: yeah i mean like i could do it but you just definitely feel the drop off in energy and all that stuff so yeah i really think like it should just be dynamite and rampage that's it i think they need to do something else with dark elevation whether they need to film more universal or whatever but i do like that the local people get a chance though like i do like that but uh, i don't know it's rough um But yeah, so it was good being in front, being back in with the crowd. Other than having the annoying yeah. guy, but it, yeah, I, it's I like awesome. It.
1: I, yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's a like I said, it wasn't just this one guy. There's plenty of people that are like that to go to these shows. When you have, you know, yep. I don't know how many people attended the show, ten thousand plus people or whatever. Like, it's gonna happen. But like, yeah. Um, but for the most part, like, like when the show is starting, for instance, like it really hit me. I was like. I was like, hell yeah. Like we're back. Like, this feels really good. Like to see yeah. the pyro and hear the music and like the crowds getting hyped. And it was funny. Cause like I walked in and I heard a bunch of woo chants and I was like, everyone's canceled. Everyone in this room's canceled. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like you can't like, don't, don't, don't be tweeting about it, but you're at the show doing woos. You know what I mean? Like, um, but, uh, but, it, yeah, it just felt it felt really good. But the reason I brought that up is because you know how that's like. You show up to the show, nothing's happening. You just hear the woos from all over yep. the sections of the crowd. Like, that's what hit me. I was like, man, we're like we're back. Like, this is – I'm at a wrestling show right now again. So, um, yeah. overall, it was a really positive experience. I give it like a – if it wasn't for some annoying fans, it would have been like a 9 out of 10 night for me. Probably more like an 8 just because of annoying fans. And I thought we got a good show. Um, yeah, yeah. And and by the way, like a eight, nine out of ten, that's like a really, really damn good time for me. Um, so we had that. The merchandise was a bit pricey. I didn't mind buying anything. The t-shirts were 35 bucks a piece. Wow. And and they had a they didn't even have a sting shirt. Like I wanted a sting sh- just t-shirt, and I maybe would have even paid $35 for it. But all they had was a sting Christmas sweater, which looks pretty cool. But it's like 50 bucks. And I was like, I'm not, yeah, no. I'm just not going to buy this. I will say though, for all you action figure collectors out there, yourself included, they do yeah. sell autographed AEW figures now at the merch stands. Yes. Um like They're like a hundred. Yeah. About a hundred. Some of the guys are a little bit more. Um, but I think that the, the cheapest was a hundred. And I think like hangman was even one of those and stuff. So like still some pretty big names you can get um, for about a hundred bucks and you know, I would have probably bought a couple of them if I didn't already own the figure. Like if there was like a figure that I didn't have that was also signed because I'm figuring, you know, like I pay like 30 bucks for the figure and then I'm paying, you know, 70 bucks for the autograph or whatever. But if it's someone I really like, I might consider doing it, um, yeah. especially if it was like a chase figure or something. I definitely do it. Um, But uh, but that's cool to know. Like, you know, if there's anyone out there in your collection that you really want to get signed, but you can't meet them in a meet and greet or something or eBay prices are too much. Uh, for about a hundred bucks or so, you can get you know, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Hangman and FTR or um, uh, SCU and stuff. They had a lot of people up there that you can get for autographs, so
0: yeah, and they're actually signed with paint pins too, yes. so it's not like it's crappy quality. they so pop, it's yeah, they definitely pop yeah. them. It's definitely legit. Um, super chat from Michael, congrats on your Patriots, by the way, number one seed in the AFC, they beat the bills and they only threw the ball three times the entire game three times like they had to run the ball the entire game because of the weather was so bad um following the punk and mjf feud and punk goes over do you expect him to be the next challenger for the aew world title um Steven doesn't, but I I really think that he's going to beat MJF, and I really think that he is going to win that title at some point. I just think that they got it. It's almost like a Jericho thing, right? Like you got to give him the title. He's got to have his run, and then it's kind of over with. I I don't think Punk's going to be a multiple champion, but I do think he's going to get the belt at some point. And I kind of feel like it's going to be him and Brian for the belt at some point. Like, I think that that's one of those that they always wanted to do at WrestleMania. And I could see it being, like, all out. Brian and Punk, like, for the title in Chicago. Like, I think that's probably what would happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't think that that's out of the question. All all of that, I think, is possible. Um, I just personally have, like, a list of people I would would put the title on before CM Punk. But that's just, once again, that's just me personally. I could totally see... I could totally see a scenario where MJF uh, or CM Punk beats MJF and then goes on and maybe even beats Hangman Page for the, for the world title. Maybe he's the one that does it. Um, There's a lot of possibilities, but me personally, like I'm really hoping MJF beats CM Punk. Like I I hope he wins this feud, but um, the good thing is like, there's really no bad outcome here. As long as the match is good, which it will be, the story is great. So like, Um, and this isn't the only time they're going to wrestle either. Like they'll, they'll probably run it back like six months or a year from now or something. Like that's what, and AAW is so good about that. They get you really hyped up for matchups you really want to see. And then you see them and they knock it out of the park. And then they, they, they kind of forget about it for a while. And then like, by the time they like Darby Allen's a good example, him and Cody, like Cody beat Darby. And then like, I think he had a draw with him or something. And, but they spaced it out over like a year and a half or whatever. And then by the time Darby beat Cody, we hadn't seen the match in a while and it was yeah. Darby Darby went over and like, that was him getting the big rub from Cody and getting the TNT championship. Like, so, but in the immediate future, once again, personally, I want to see MJF beat CM Punk and I'd like to see him submit him like a, like a really decisive victory. But yeah, I think if I had to put money on it, I would probably lean towards CM Punk probably winning the match and, I don't think it's a bad idea to put the AEW world title on CM Punk. I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. But like there were just, like I said, there just other people. Like if it was up to me, there's other people I would I would have ahead of him for the title. So
0: And I feel like if Punk gets MJF, he would also have had to face Wardlow. Yes. And I feel like he's probably beat Wardlow and at that point like if he beats Wardlow and a couple of other guys and he beats MJF he's going to be like 13 and 0 14 and 0 like at that point he'll be right up there for title contention so um and and then it could fall into that hangman situation we've been talking about so yeah we'll uh we'll we'll see what happens there but I, I i don't think it's the worst idea i'll just say that like i don't sure. i don't love it but i don't hate it either so yeah. I think I think as long as Punk continues to to look legit and have good matches and all that good stuff, then I, I think it'll work.
1: Yeah, and also shout out to MJF for the uh, the Hanukkah suit that he wore on Wednesday. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, that, was, that was baller. That um, was definitely baller. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else from the show on Wednesday that I didn't bring up that like I wanted to talk about. Was there anything
0: that like we didn't see that you saw?
1: The Cody with the shovel thing, although it was it was uh, it was kind of downplayed live, like it wasn't a part of the show. I just kind of noticed it. Um, that was something. Um, I was the I was the mole. I was the one for Fightful that was uh, sending them all the spoilers all night for Elevation and Rampage. So y'all can thank <laughs> me for that if you read about it early.
0: Um, How dare
1: you? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there was anything Sting and Darby like they were both super over um Sting in Atlanta just just awesome to see and that was the first time I got to see Sting live like I never got to see him in WCW live I never got to see I've been watching him my whole life like it just I never I didn't never write place Facebook, right time huh That's an action figure right that's got to be yeah like, it's definitely
0: an action figure because Darby
1: had his like they were like kind of matching with the yeah like um yeah Britt baker was uh was super over like on like all of her uh i think she had like a pre-tape segment or something because yeah. i remember doing the dmd and everyone did it yeah. um jade was over when she came out for her her entrance on uh on rampage and she just totally squashed an A high was, like three moves yeah yeah. Um, which was, I think was perfect. I, I like Janae Kai. She's pretty good on the indies, but like J- Jade should just be running through people like that right now. Um let's see, I feel like I'm like missing I'm missing something. Oh yeah, Samu Guevara and uh Tony Nice was really good. Um yeah. that I thought was easily the best match of Rampage. Um, even though the tag match was good as well. And then everyone got to see, you know, Malachi, you know, spit in uh, the mist and, and Ra- packs good eye. After
0: Rampage, did they do anything afterwards? Did like anybody come out or anything? No.
1: Well, Tony Khan did. He came out a couple times. Yeah. And his voice. A really was... great
0: show. It's going to be the best. That was an amazing show, huh? It's the best yeah. wrestling show you've ever seen, right?
1: Yeah, but but Tony Khan had completely lost his voice by the end of Rampage, and we saw he came out like three times, like, and his voice was so gone, and he was yelling so hard. I wish I would have gotten a, a video of it because yeah it was pretty hilarious like people in the crowd were all like it was honestly everyone was laughing because it was sounded so funny because he he was his voice was so gone he just talking about how much he loves atlanta and like how the pandemic and we're all finally back together like it was a great speech but like you could barely hear what he was saying because his like he was like wheezing into the microphone um but uh but yeah i guess i guess that's really uh I guess that's really most of the main stuff. If I think of anything else, I'll uh, I'll bring it up as as we talk. Like the MJF and Punk uh back and forth definitely wasn't as good as it was the other week but like we're not it's not gonna be that good every week. No. Um no way you know that was like one of the best promos like ever. Yes. Um, um Danielson super over I uh, thought that you know what he did with Alan Angels was was great and I loved how he talked how he got on the microphone and talked about how he tore his MCL and no one in the crowd even knew what that meant. Like I thought that was so smart. Like, um, and then, you know, the reveal that John Silver's next week, which we all expected, which is perfect. Um, yeah.
0: The one thing I could play, not complain, but I thought was that uh, eh, is John Silver attacks you and you run away. Like I didn't like that. And then he's like, you're not on my level. You're not good enough to be in the ring with me, but you're facing him next week. So what What? What did that do? So I thought that that's just me being nitpicky yeah. on that. But it, it did kind of bother me where he's like, I'm ready to kick everyone's head in and here comes John Silver. And it's like, okay, I'm leaving.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I did think that was a little weird because you figured he would just like beat him up when he got into the ring. But I think yeah. that I think that Danielson's going to make John Silver look really good. Like, I think it'll be a little different than, like, the squash matches he's been having with the Dark Order. I think yeah. John Silver's actually going to get some good offense in, and, like, the crowd's going to go nuts for it. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the crowd reacts to MJF. Because, like, Tony this is the Conn one... Tony thinks he's going to get over, like, a, a yeah, face pop. I think he will, too. Because there's enough smart marks there, too, that, like, are in on it enough that, like, they know they're supposed to be doing him, but, like, they like what he's doing so much that they're just going to cheer him anyways.
0: Well, and I think, I think that like he will actually accept being cheered in, yeah. in, in that only there, but right? he will be, he'll actually acknowledge and be like, I'm home. I'm finally around smart people or whatever. And, you know, instead being like, as soon as he gets cheered, he just trashes people. So he gets booed again. So I feel like he's actually going to embrace it, which is going to be fun because we've never really seen that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And especially like
0: fun. if Punk comes out and gets booed out of the building, that would be cool.
1: That would be. Oh, also, I, I, I do
0: like the hometown thing. Like, I feel like that's been lost in wrestling. And I feel like now AEW is kind of trying to get in the back. Like, could you imagine getting like Jericho and Omega in Canada? Like, oh man, that would be incredible. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, kenny omega jericho like all in canada at one time you could do team canada all over again that place would go ballistic
1: yeah that's true another guy that was super over in atlanta that obviously like he was on commentary but like kingston got a huge pop on commentary like yeah it's wild but I, you're right like I, I wish they did more of that um which they might you know like let let the hometown like what it, it kind of like Bret Hart back in the day, like even when he was a heel, he'd be a, a heel in the States, but a baby face yes. in Canada. Like, I mean, right. you know, that that's how they should do it. Like, don't ignore that. Don't don't ignore that aspect of it. Like, it doesn't hurt the show or hurt the company or hurt the wrestlers at all. That like one night every now and then the wrong quote, unquote, wrong person's getting cheered. But it's because he's the hometown guy. Like, and that's why they're cheering him. Well, and I mean,
0: like even, you know, hated football teams have a home crowd. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those things that like everyone should have a hometown advantage somewhere and they have enough on the roster where they could really establish it. So I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So about my GCW um, show, I thought the show was freaking awesome. Like me and Bill had such a good time. One thing I'll say that, like, really needs to be said about these independent shows is, like, dude, you got to give people some space. I mean, they pack you in there in the <laughs> yeah. I literally had a guy, like, half a guy's stomach on my stomach. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. And luckily, he agreed to, like, lean forward, and I agreed to lean back. So it worked out. Cause I could still take pictures and stuff, but like, I mean, they really pack you in there. And like, here's the thing too, that like, I don't think they think of, but I mean, there's some people that are really big that go to these shows and like, it's not possible. Like if you had like five of those people all in the row, you couldn't do it. So like, I, I don't know. I mean, you might just have to get rid of a couple of seats here or there and make everyone have more space, but damn, they packed you in there. Um couple things like it was weird because so Effie, the when I came when I went the first time, Effie had a table set up. He was like had pictures for autographs, everything. He was nowhere to be seen. And then he took off in the back outside some guy handed him a joint i'm just being honest and then he went back out there and he did like a video promo and he just came right back and that was it like and then we never saw effie again um until the match uh nobody really was out there before doing merch sales except ninja mac of course ninja mac is always hustling anytime he's there he's got he's got masks he's got um eight by tens he's got shirts he just brings his whole
1: suitcase in does he wear um, the mask while he's signing at the beginning 100 100 why does he even do everyone knows he wrestles without the mask enough to like, everyone knows what he looks like yeah
0: he's always <laughs> in the mask and in like he's in character the whole time too like he bows to you like he um <laughs> he he'll like hand you a ninja star here or there like but he's he's always um he, he's in character like he's not at a point to where like you can't understand him or he's talking in an accent or anything like that like he'll he'll talk to you but he's definitely uh always there and he's he's wearing like a loco hoodie but like he's got the mask off but whatever um he's always out there dude and it was so great like you get we get there and like i'm noticing that the second row isn't filled up this doesn't have the same type of energy because in july we had it was it was hot and they had opened the backup and they have more people out and there wasn't that this time. But like three minutes before showtime, like Emil gets in there, starts hyping the crowd up, and then like, dude, it just like the energy was electric. And like Dante comes out because they opened the match of that loco match, and like you could just see in Dante's eyes, like, whoa, this is different. Like, this is there's something about GCW that is just different than loco like loco doesn't have that and a lot and a lot of it what i think it is is that loco they literally give you free beer like they give you free beer they give you jello shots they give you um and you can bring any beer you want so a lot of people bring hard liquor and it's just like this big party right but i don't know how many of them are like die hard wrestling fans it's more of just like a party And it also is like marketed towards more so Hispanics. So like they come, they have a good time and stuff, but I don't know like how many of them are actually watching all of like wrestling. So it's different. Um, but like GCW has a built in fan base that travels, you know, like four hour drive, three hour drive, five hour drive, 10 hour drive. Like we saw all different types of people that made those types of drives for the show. Um, and, and, and by the time the show starts, it's just fire. And then, like, Dante's face, you can just see, like, holy crap, this is different. Like, yes. And, I mean, it's just, like, the moment that show starts, it goes by so quick. And there's just, it's so, like, adrenaline packed. And what I loved about this show was, is in July, I didn't even know a lot of the roster. I hadn't been watching a ton of GCW. And by the time that this show happened, I mean, I knew everybody. I knew Nick Wayne was I knew Jordan Oliver Atticus, all of them. So um, it was really cool that like I really got to enjoy it and take it in for all it was worth. So I had a really good time. Um, the The Sadika match, dude. Like,
1: After you got she's cut so,
0: bad. She's so crazy. Like, yeah. I, I don't like. And then it, there's something about when she comes out. Like, you know somebody is about to get hurt really bad. And, like, she is, like, totally down for it. It's weird. And not only is she down for it, she's, like, wearing, like, revealing clothing and, like, totally fine with guys, like, hitting her in the boobs and, like, just laying it in on her. Smack her in the face. Like, she is crazy. Like, he's like, you want to feel sorry for her because it is a guy versus a girl. And it's it's, but, like... Dude, they are laying it in on each other, and she just takes it. Like, bring it on, you know? I'll go through barbed wire. I'll go through light tubes. Whatever you got, bring it on.
1: She's legit, like, one of the most entertaining deathmatch wrestlers in the world right now for me, like, regardless of gender. Like, she goes out there, and she, like you said, like, she's, there's no, like, special treatment going on with her. Like, she is out there doing anything that you would expect out of a deathmatch. So
0: and so when they when she brought out that table with the light tubes on it, I was just like, oh god. And when Effie took the bump, I mean, when I saw his arm, it reminded me just like Nick Gage, honestly. It was yeah. that thick, oozing blood. It wasn't just like red, it's like this, it's, it's really almost black. Thick. Yeah. 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 It's really thick, and you're like, oh god like he's he's really cut bad when Effie himself
1: even like you could see him rub it on screen and look at his hand and you could tell he was kind of shook you know like it was like oh that was that was a bad one you know like yeah yeah. and he was
0: like after the match he was right there at the post that i was at i'm front row so like i i could see him and uh yeah it was uh it was it was weird because he did not seem happy like he celebrated with her and then he like stormed off like he he went straight to the back and he didn't go up the actual like TitanTron way the ramp he he went to the like the back back so he probably wanted like immediate medical attention so
1: Yeah. Um, well you could tell they but, went home early too like that match probably was supposed to be another like 10 minutes long and like they yeah. like Effie the referee and somebody must have been like, dude, like I know you feel like you're good to go, but like you are cut way worse than like normal. Like we got to get out of here. Um, And they still were able to put on a pretty entertaining uh, match for the, for the length that it went. Also just really quick shout out to, you mentioned MLJ. My stepbrother was with me while I was watching GCW this weekend. We were, but him and my brother and me were all hanging out and my stepbrother never watches this stuff. And he saw Emil like, he hadn't even heard him do any ring announcing yet. He just saw him in the ring getting, like, pumped, like, during someone's entrance music, and he was like, yo, that dude is hype right now. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I was like, yeah, he's the dude who, like, hypes the crowd up throughout the show, like, And yeah. but, but, like, he immediately clicked with my stepbrother. We'd never seen him before. He's like, oh, yeah, this guy's cool. Like, he's, like, he's making, like, this, he's making this show better, this guy being, a, you know, a part of it. So I uh, I thought that was a pretty cool compliment.
0: Yeah, and he, I mean, he's just one of us, right? He's just one of us yeah. that gets to call wrestling. And uh it was his birthday weekend, so he was really excited to be there. And, uh yeah, so anyways, after the show, there was this drunk guy. And I mean, hammered. Like, so when Tony Deppin and Bandito finished their match, this guy gets out of his seat. He was probably like second or third row. He gets out of his seat and he goes right up front to where they are, but like he doesn't actually enter the ring, but he's right in front of the ring, and he's just like, "Yeah, like you're the best, Dad." Yeah! I'm like, "Dude, I guess this guy's just like a big Bandito fan or something, whatever." Right? So I'm waiting to meet Ali, and um, there's light tubes from the remaining uh, match of Band- of uh, Sadika and Effie, and so people are like meeting Allie, taking pictures of their stuff, this dude just starts taking the light tubes and just starts smashing them, like, all over on the ground, glasses flying, and Allie literally just goes up and grabs the light tube, and she's like, you can't have that. You, you just need to let me have that. You can't have that. And he's just like, no, give it to me. And she's like, no, you can't have that. And, like, she's, like, there, and, like, you got all these guys, and nobody's, like, helping her out. And, like, lowrider comes from the back, and I'm like, you know, like, you know, want to help the situation and then all these guys finally come and they kick him out of the building but it was just crazy this guy just started grabbing light tubes and start smashing them like i i think there's part of people too that like they they know wrestling is scripted right but i feel like that they want to prove it in front of people like yeah, look at this, this is fake, and or look at this, this isn't real, or you see this, this is what they do. And it's like you're nobody, like, get out of here. Like, yeah. again, a fan trying to get attention and make make himself get over. It's like you're not part of the show, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was uncomfortable because he was he was smashed <laughs> and like he just started grabbing light tubes and smashing them. But I'm super stoked because like GCW seems to like found a home in Texas now. They're having another show February 4th. Uh, Tickets go on sale Friday. Best believe I'll be there. Um, And then they, I really was tempted to go to the Dallas one. I'm like, man, I need to go both. But the collective is WrestleMania weekend, and it's supposed to be like in um, a parade. Like and not a parade, but a, a carnival like type thing. Um, fairgrounds, thank you. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be three days. And how many shows are on a collective normally? Like eight, ten, twelve.
1: For the for the collective, well, it's like a whole weekend now.
0: Weekend, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But like, how do you do that? Do you just buy? like one big giant collective ticket or do you buy each show
1: i think you could probably do either um i'm honestly not sure because i've never been live i've just always watched it like through fight tv and like because IWTV will have probably some sort of like showcase of the indies type thing too um yeah. but uh but yeah that's pretty much what they do they like run out like one building to run like for like two days or three days straight and just have like it'll be like jimmy lloyd's block of of matches and then like uh you know joey Janella's spring break and like you know yeah they've got like, they've got like a
0: building of like seventeen thousand square feet like it's huge and it's like where they run um sneaker cons and stuff like that in dallas so they're gonna have like food and shops and like all sorts of stuff but my biggest thing is like i don't know like, I don't want to commit to going to all three days if I want to go to, like, WrestleCon or I want to go to, like, possibly if Ring of Honor has another um, show for Supercard of Honor, what that might be like. or So it's tough, but, like, if you don't buy tickets, you miss out because they'll sell out. So I don't know. But I definitely plan on going down there for WrestleMania weekend. Um,
1: well, are you going to go to WrestleMania, do you think, or no? No,
0: no chance. Yeah, but, but I, I could care less. Especially if really. it's if it's Roman and Brock, man, like I'm not doing that. I'm just <laughs> yeah. not doing that. Like we like like someone was saying, like they think it'll be Roman and Brock, they'll have a screwy finish at day one, and then that'll lead to Royal Rumble. Brock will win win the Royal Rumble, challenge Roman at WrestleMania. Like I can see that. How many times do you need that? You can do Brock and Roman at like that. Saudi show and then day one and then like WrestleMania, what are we doing? No, so no, I, I I don't I don't have any desire to go to WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, one guy I wanted to bring up about the show you went to, <clears throat> that yeah. Drago kid dude is nuts. oh man, dude,
0: he was, he was dope, and it was funny too because you know like Bill doesn't pay attention as much right like he, he watches some gcw if i tell him he really needs to watch this and he'll look into it but he's not like die hard into it or anything and i've never seen the kid either but i told him he because he was like who's that i'm like it's supposed to be drago kid which was funny because we had just saw drago face lowrider at loco so he wears the same mask, same everything. So Bill's just thinking, like, this is just basically a generic version of Drago, like a little miniature version. Right. And, man, that kid was awesome.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Him and ASF in the same match. Like, those two guys. If it, those two, Dante Leone and Ninja Mac, like, those are the four, like, if I had to choose, like, four pillars of, like, the next wave of, like, just innovative high flyers, like, those are my four dudes right now.
0: yeah. And like if you want like a crash test dummy that'll take any bump known to man then add Chris Carter to that list. Yeah. I'm telling you he will he will get destroyed. He he will jump off of anything. He just doesn't care. So I remember his match
1: with Jimmy Lloyd was really good.
0: Yeah. And uh and see like Loco was Chris Carter and ASF was the last Loco show and then they had wrestled at GCWA in Corpus Christi the night before in another match and it was like a totally different match someone told me but their local match was better um so yeah it's uh and what's funny is all those guys you named are all Texas. Oh I know yeah all Texas based
1: A lot of really and, good
0: I mean dude what is what is Brian Keith and Mysterious Q gotta do to to like get some serious attention because I think those guys are so good.
1: Brian Keith's already starting to get it
0: He is, and I've noticed that he's been now booked in, like, Ohio, like, uh, L.A., San Francisco, and from what I've been told, like, they're not going to be able to book him as much on Loco, him and Gino Medina, because they're starting to get, like, noticed everywhere, and they're starting to be outside of Texas bookings.
1: Man, I would do, if there was a way of doing it, kind of like back in the day on the Indies when you had, like cm punk and chris hero like wrestling all over the place or like Cena and generica like wrestling all over the place i wish there was like like a like a tour of like like a like an eight match long tour where it was just aj gravers brian Keith on every show just like in in, in a different state you know what i mean just like move it around let people see this like because the two of them are so perfect as adversaries. Yes. It's so good. And like, you got another taste of it on your show where they had Keith and mysterious Q against AJ Gray and and, um, Matthew justice. They, they, they kind of like alluded to it also. Like they stared off with one another and stuff. And it's like, you know, the history is there. And like,
0: yep.
1: And mysterious Q, I think it's really good. Mm
0: -hmm. Mysterious Q and Matthew justice had their match as well. And so like, he told me too. he's like dude he's like those dudes hit so hard and then, <laughs> uh, and then i was like look you guys destroyed the ramp he's like i didn't do that shit because they they uh suplexed brian keith on that ramp and it it busted i mean brutal
1: i i think this is just but not that he needs to do this but like the more i think about it i brought this up on the Fightful for weekend or also when i when i recorded it this past week like I think Mysterious Q would benefit from a name change and losing the mask. Yeah. No, you know, like I'm I'm not saying what he's doing now is, is bad by any means. I think it's actually been really good, but like I've seen him wrestle without the mask before. And like, yeah. he's always a good looking dude and stuff. So it's like, yeah. you know, like it, there's really no reason to cover his face and like the mysterious Q name. I just, I just feel like might have a ceiling to it. So it, yeah. it's all in a different way. It's much different, but it's almost like black Taurus. Right. It's like, like the guy's awesome in the ring but like at the end of the day like he's wearing this 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 bull mask so like there's all there's going to be a limit to kind of well it's like
0: if you if you if you ask me who do i like seeing perform more brian keith or mysterious q i'll pick brian keith because i can see his facial expressions he can sell he like just has more charisma because i don't see q's face right so um i think that that's part of it but like you know, like I read that, like WWE is looking for like more minorities and with bigger bodies and stuff. Like he would be perfect in oh, yeah. WWE. Well, like for I, sure.
1: think, I,
0: I think he's got everything, and uh, I, I hope he gets his chance because I think he's really good.
1: Yeah, I don't. Do you know much about O'Shea Edwards? Have you seen him?
0: Sounds familiar, but I, he, I
1: don't know top of my head. So he. I got to see him live a lot in the southeast as he was kind of on his come up. But he spent the last like couple years in Ring of Honor as a part of Shane Taylor promotions. Yeah. But I think that someone like him would be like, I think he'd be successful anywhere in any company because like he's a former football player. He's really athletic. He looks believable. He's big, like like muscular. Like he looks like he'd kick your ass, like right the second you see him. And he's and he's good in the ring, and he keeps getting better. And he's the kind of dude that I feel like. Because he didn't get a whole lot of like mainstream exposure up to this point, like yeah. WWE, I think would be like perfect for a guy like him. That's like, you know, because I think he'd be great in AEW. I think he'd work anywhere, but like WWE is so dead set right now on getting like n- kind of like people that aren't known for their independent careers or, or weren't in wrestling, and they're trying to like mold people. But maybe there's kind of like a like a gray area there with certain guys like an O'Shea Edwards or, or even like a mysterious Q, where like. Hugh hasn't been around long enough that, like, I think if they took his mask off and renamed him, they could pretty much say he's a brand new, never been seen, like, yeah. you know, WWE product, basically, I you know agree. what I mean? Um, and that's the reason he, I was reminded of O'Shea, because I feel like he's kind of in the, a similar kind of boat where, like, I could see the WWE uh, maybe rolling with with someone like that. Even though they do have indie experience, it, they, they haven't been exposed to the mainstream to, to where they can still kind of create the narrative that, like, like yeah. they were a PC product almost. So like, right. Um, but Mysterious Q's got all the tools. Like he's got the size. He's got the the in ring ability. Um, yeah. You know what I, I
0: love too is he's wrestling Lee Moriarty next week, and right. uh, I was telling him I was really looking forward to the match, and he says he was too. But he's like, man, he's like Lee's just at such a a, a different level when it comes to like his style. He's like, I'm gonna have to watch tape and like try to try to figure it out, how me and him will mesh. And I was like, like, you watch tape? Like, that's that's cool. Like, it shows me that you're taking it seriously. You're not just being like, okay, what are we doing here tonight or whatever. Like, he's he's trying to make sure that, that they have a good match. So, yeah, I respect that. And then, like I said, Gino's facing um, Daniel Garcia. And, like, Christopher Daniels was just putting over Gino about how he's going to be a big star and all this stuff. So, I, I mean... I've- I, eventually it's got to it's got to it's got to happen for these guys they're too good
1: it, it well it did for sure well like um like that reminded me i got to see lee moriarty versus cm punk live i don't know how i forgot that but like that yeah. was that was really good and i love that because because moriarty his whole indie career was using the pepsi plunge as like one of his regular moves so like yeah. he reversed cm punk and then hit his own and I was like, to me, that looked like CM Punk was like handing the move off to him almost. Like, yeah. like you just proved that you can outsmart me on my own move and hit me with my own move. Like this is yours now. Um, right. And there's other guy, like Gino Medina, I think, because he he got some experience with MLW, but like for the most part, another guy who like great look. I think he yeah. I think he's really marketable because guys think he's cool because of the stuff he can do in the ring and girls think he's hot. So like he covers like the whole spectrum of everybody and he's really, he's, he's really good at what he does. And he's a guy that I think once again, if the WWE hadn't like gone in this other direction of like taking non wrestlers, like he's a guy I think would have fit perfect into the wwe system and, and, and they would have you know has good size
0: like yeah Gino's yeah not exactly. your typical small guy like he's got good size to him so i i think yeah. he would work well too
1: but he'll he'll catch on somewhere for sure like and it almost goes in waves a little bit too like when AEW started i think there was like kind of a focus on a lot of like the southeast indie wrestlers and stuff and now because yeah. there hasn't even been like an AEW show on like the west coast really right so like they're so i I think like it'll kind of come in waves i think like they'll do more and like they know they've been to houston and and dallas and stuff right so like i but so there's no way that they're going to those areas and not and they they have no knowledge of but what like we've said before on the show though is i'm just saying like i don't know this is speculation but is booker t saying all this shit that he's saying preventing some of his guys from getting spots in AEW? yeah you know because like that's something maybe to consider like if we if we're like having the same conversation six months from now of like why isn't Brian Keith showed up on AW why isn't Mysterious Q why isn't Gino why isn't ASF or whoever but or sorry like well Q and Q and Keith were both Booker T guys um, yeah but like but that's I think that's maybe something to look out for like if they're not getting opportunities it's like well it's the guy who's like they're put in too, the door like, like to stopping them from it because he can't like, show up about the company.
0: MLW getting Roxy, she's gonna show up in that show. And like, I mean, if you're MLW, dude, like I would start rating some of these Texas talent and, yeah. and putting them on TV because they're really good. Um and, and that's what's so great is when I go to these local shows, like I see so much so many great wrestlers. It's not just be it's like, oh, it's our indie guy or whatever. Like, um, it's supposed to be Brian Keith and Aaron Mercer in a steel cage on um that night as well so that's a stack card i'm looking forward to that show oh, yeah
1: aaron mercer uh is a dude who like he listens to the weekender podcast I, and i know that because i've talked about him on the show and he's hit me up and been like dude appreciate you bringing me up like so like He's a guy who's tapped in. Like he might even be listening to this for all we know. But like right. um, but he's a dude who like I'm definitely pulling for that guy. That guy, that guy is going balls to the wall and like working his ass off out. There. I kinda I
0: kinda think he's gonna beat Keith for the title because I like I said, I think Keith is not gonna be able to commit too much longer to New Texas because he's starting to get booked other places. So um that would be that would be a, a different step because it's been Q and, and Keith carrying that company. And so without them being champion, I don't I don't know how that would go. But like I said, if you always bring like cool indie talent. I think that that will always draw. The biggest problem now with Texas, in my opinion, is they all go to the Houston Premier Arena. And like there's there's other promotions that use that as well. So it's kind of like you 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 clog up the market. And if you and the problem is, too, is New Texas does a show every month. And Loco does a show every other month. So there's gonna be months where New Texas and Loco have the same show that, of that month. And so people kind of pick and choose and don't go to both. So that's that's why you see a lot of empty chairs for New Texas because they, just, they, they do a show very often, like once a month. So it it's I, I think they should like run dallas or san antonio and then come to houston and just like every and like time it out to where you're not in the same month as loco and then it's like always fresh and people are excited
1: yeah like i like uh here in like in the southeast area they've done a really good job of like like i consider southern underground pro out of nashville the scenic city invitational out of chattanooga and action wrestling out of like the atlanta area they're like pretty much all sister promotions with one another like they're not the same company but there's a lot of overlap and talent and people who book the shows and and make those decisions and stuff and they do a great job of like spacing it out to where like they're never overlapping shows or like having to quote unquote like double book talent and then sometimes what they'll do is like I'll do like a big, basically like a big, like super show type weekend where like the SCI tournament in Chattanooga will be a Friday, Saturday. And then if you want to travel to Nashville for sup on Sunday, a lot of the same crowd will go from Chattanooga to Nashville. So like, it's not in the same city, but it's like, if you're a fan of certain wrestlers, you can see them in multiple areas all in one weekend. Um, Like, so I, I think they do a really, really good job at that kind of stuff. Kind of what you're saying. Like they don't, the companies don't step on each other's toes, but sometimes they'll put together like super weekends, which is like, yeah, which is which is awesome. So, well,
0: and they, I I really think they should do some co promotion too, like Loco versus New Texas and stuff like that. I think that that would be um, pretty cool too. So it's yeah. just weird it's like man like this came out of nowhere it's the greatest thing in the world though like i'm being able to meet like all the indie stars i get to see all the indie stars wrestle like it's it's super cool
1: all these it's people like, you thought were garbage like half a year ago that you wanted nothing to do with and i was sitting yeah. here telling you like dude you don't know what you're missing you don't know what you're missing and out no on no clue it, it, it's one thing
0: though and i've always been this way though like once you feel it and if you that's why I recommend going to wrestling shows live so much because there's so many people. I see a lot of people like, Oh, it's my first show. Like their first show was that GCW show. Like, can you imagine what your standard would be after seeing that show? Like if you just have yeah. some small little show after that, you're like, this sucks. Like, it, it doesn't well, get much better.
1: Well, it's like it's like it's like his example is even me being a thirty-year-long wrestling fan or whatever. I watch two nights of GCW, and then night after that is War Games, and it's like it's going from watching and watching the best rated R movie you've seen in your life to watching a PG Disney film. You know what I mean? It's like a completely yeah. different thing. Yeah. Well,
0: and it's like it it has the heart of ECW. It really mm-hmm. does. Like if you were to to categorize it. And like, if you were always like, man, I wish I would have went to an ECW show. Like that's what it feels like. And they do feel like this, like renegade promotion and, but they're all like super cool. Like none of them are rude or anything. Like Matthew justice couldn't be nicer. Allie was super nice. Like they're all really nice people. They all, uh, treat you really good. But I mean, they go to war. I mean, I put my hand out for every wrestler Dude, AJ Gray slapped the crap out of my hand. But like <laughs> I,
1: I, I didn't know if you were, were... Be afraid to put your hand out because of what you nope. told me about. <laughs> nope.
0: Put my hand out to everybody. And, and and he, you know, he's just intense. And I know the consequence. I, I wasn't that hurt or anything, but like, I mean he, he gave it his all. So I I uh I I respect it. It's uh it's a very cool thing. I can't wait to go back, honestly. Like I, I love it. It's it's been awesome. So
1: Hell yeah. Highly
0: recommend going to GCW if you go live. And if you had to pick like which what was the better show? What did you think?
1: I got to remember which was on which show. So Dallas kind of was black? like
0: Dallas was like the star show, but I thought I thought Houston had the better scramble match because that was like Fuego, but it had, like, Stackhouse and some other people. But I felt like ours <laughs> Stackhouse showed.
1: Stackhouse took that Canadian destroyer from yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was believable. But I felt like ours, ours was better. I thought our opener with Cartwheel and Dante was amazing. Like, I thought yeah. there really wasn't, like, Gio You had Alley.
1: Depp and Bandito, right? We had Depp and, yeah, and that Bandito. Was really, that was fantastic. That was great match. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: the, and the crowd loved Bandito, so it really worked yeah. out. And then, He's a star. And then Effie yeah. Sadika. I mean, there
1: you had like, Nick are, Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver, right? Because Jordan Oliver and and we okay. had Nick Wayne
0: and Atticus.
1: Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Nick Wayne and Atticus, and Jordan Oliver and Atticus was the next night where he threw the fireball and held his head over the pyro. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got the Nick, and I liked that too because because of, of their feud, Nick Wayne attacked. Atticus right off the bat like there was no yep. waiting for the bell like this has been a blood feud and he wants to beat this guy up and like yep. and Atticus still you know got it got one over on him and, and still and choked
0: him unconscious with and, his
1: wrist tape yeah. strangled yep. him yeah yep. Atticus is such a good heel dude
0: oh man it's and the crowd is programmed to hate him like, there's no way that – there there's not very many people cheering for that guy. Like, no. the moment they hear his music, they bust out the middle finger
1: waiting for him. You know she what I mean? Two best heels in wrestling are him and MJF for, for totally for – Totally different Completely reasons. different reasons, yeah. Yeah. Because MJF's like a snob. Atticus is just like a piece of trash. Like, there is yeah. I, I, I totally res- – like, do I need to see skewers every single match? Not necessarily, but like – that dude, whatever he's doing, he just needs to keep doing it because he, he's generating the kind of heat because this is the kind of heat you need when like, you know, they had this long Ricky Shane Page title run. I know you came in kind of right at the end of that, but yeah. like RSP was like despised in GCW and he's not really there anymore. And Atticus is like his successor and he it feels like he can get the same kind of heat RSP can. And like, if you can bottle that up, Like that's why I've been so strong on like that they need to push Atticus to being like the world champion or something soon because like everyone else on GCW is so cool, even if they're a bad guy, that like they're going to get cheers and stuff. Because like it's but Atticus is gonna get booed no matter what. Exactly. Like I think it's awesome.
0: I feel you there, but you need a hot baby face to do that. I mean, the fact that him and Jordan Oliver are going to have a barbed wire match is crazy. No ropes
1: barbed wire, yep.
0: Yeah, that's going to be wild. Yeah, but, like, but you got... Their shows just keep getting bigger and bigger, and that's what... Like, like, think about this, Steven. Think about where GCW was last year, like, at Mania with The Collective. Like, Ninja Mac had basically just debuted. Dante Leone was just debuting... You had Daniel Garcia starting to really shine. Lee Moriarty was part of that. Like, like you know, you had J- Jimmy Lloyd as always and stuff. But, like, now they have the Briscoes. And they have, like, Bandito. And they're going to have, like, PCO and Brody King and Jacob Fatu. And
1: like- Moxley's their champion. Moxley's
0: their champion. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. getting pretty crazy. Awesome. And... And they keep finding guys. They keep finding people like Jack Cartwheel and like Drago kid and all that.
1: Dude, I, Nick, Nick, Nick Wayne, I think Nick Wayne's going to be the best of all of them. Like that guy's only 16. Like that's yeah. so unreal. Like how good he is already. Like when, by the time the dude's like 21, he's going to be the best wrestler yeah. in the entire world in, in any company.
0: Well, and what he's going to have an advantage in is like the little things Yes. That guys that still don't get you know what i mean well and he's a third like,
1: generation wrestler too like yeah he's been around it yeah
0: like i thought i thought um jack cartwheel got much better like had a much better match with dante leone there wasn't a lot of f-ups he was much more solid in the ring him and blake christian had a really good match i thought that was good in dallas yeah. Um, I thought Allie and Thunder Rosa was good. I really feel like Thunder Rosa tried to blow her up.
1: I Allie was gassed. I, I do not know if it was 100%. just me. I, I said it on the weekender as well when I was reviewing the show on Sunday. I uh I said I don't know if it was like a CM Punk type scenario where like part of the story was supposed to be, but like I she she looked gassed in there. There was a few moves that they couldn't execute all the way because I think Allie was gassed. So
0: it, it kind of reminded me of like Davey Richards, Kevin Steen. When Davy mm. was back in the day, that like liked to push the pace and blow people up. I felt like Thunder Rosa blew her up, like she just. I feel the same to go way. In at a hardcore pace.
1: And um, and Allie can go. That's the crazy thing is like I've seen her wrestle like long, like really physical matches many times. Um, so I don't think that Ally Catch is like out of shape, but like Thunder Rosa is like next level. Like people don't realize like she competes in MMA also. Like Thunder yeah. Rosa's conditioning is like through the roof. Yeah. So she could blow anyone up if you wanted to
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're going to, if you're going to go 20, 20 minutes with Thunder Rosa, like you're going to get blown up. Cause yeah. that's, that's a, that's a heavy pace. Um, the Briscoes versus Ninja Mac and Dante Leon was awesome. Like, I love that. It was just a lot of good stuff. I thought though, it was funny though. Cause there were guys that were telling me like, dude, we picked the wrong show. Like we should have went to Dallas. Like, that show so loaded, and they're like, "This show's just like whatever." And I was telling them, "I'm like, dude, this show is gonna be off the hook. I'm telling you, like, they're gonna have great matches." And after the show, they were like, "Dude, I was so wrong. Like, this show was so good. Like, I'm so happy we went." And you, then
1: you had the show where Dante Leone hit the the shooting yep. star on, right, like yep. uh, was, through, the, through the, table. the table or the, or the, the door. door. Yeah, yeah,
0: yep. yeah that yep. was
1: that's such a sick move. Dante's awesome. Dante's awesome. And Ninja and, Mac's out there hitting Phoenix Splash 630s and stuff. <laughs> These guys are crazy.
0: Well, and then the the sit-down power bomb off of the, the top turnbuckle, and Ninja Mac looks like he's like gliding in <laughs> air. <laughs> he takes out the the door first and then slams
1: Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah. But uh And and Ninja but, Mac bowed after like implying he is going to be going off to japan or whatever soon like he said that
0: but then i just saw a tweet that basically said due to covid it's not happening so uh, well good for us i guess it's being delayed so he said he's for sure going to be there at hammerstein and we'll just see what happens so
1: well i don't want to talk about this too much but like dude there's a chance hammerstein might not happen with the variant in in new york and all that stuff like i don't even want to think about it but like man that would be a bummer
0: So here's the thing that I learned and and this is going to be interesting and I don't want to really get into politics, but there is going to be a new governor and he is going to be voted in, I think at the 27th of December, which is the deadline for all of the people to be vaccinated kids and everything five, five years old and up, I guess. Um, And if he doesn't have that same mandate, which he might not. He's demo, He's a Democrat, but he's also heavy on crime. So, like, he wants to bring back the police force and all that other stuff. So, he might not. And so, then that things might get a little bit more relaxed in New York if he comes in. So, we'll see gotcha. what Gotcha. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just thought about that earlier today. I was talking to my buddy, Mose, uh, John Mosley, who does, like, ring announcing and commentary and stuff. And we, me and him were talking earlier today. And he brought that up to me. He's like, man, I've been hearing some rumblings. Um, like from some of the wrestlers that are backstage at the shows he's been working that are, yeah. that are starting to get a little concerned that Hammerstein might not happen because of all of that. So like, yeah. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully it all works out. Um, but it's like, man, if they were doing this show in Georgia, like no one would give a damn. Like they just do the show. You know what I mean? Like well,
0: what's crazy is, is we get like this set of shows after Hammerstein because we're February 4th. So I'm very curious to see kind of what wrestlers will be there and what What'll actually they'll be using? Because, I mean, their roster could start to get pretty crazy uh, if there's no more Ring of Honor and and all that stuff. So it's Hell gonna yeah. be wild.
1: It's gonna be great for the fans. It's gonna be real oh, great for sure. The
0: fans. For sure, we got to get transition into some MMA talk and and maybe a little boxing. Uh, I guess we'll go with boxing first. So Jake Paul. We have that and... super
1: chat. I don't know if you saw that from Dirty. If you wanted to, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to hit it but okay. I wanted to just get boxing out of the way and then we'll just go straight into MMA. Sure. Gotcha. So Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley too is happening now. Yep. How how do you feel about that? Do you think that uh Woodley might actually have more of a chance because Jake isn't as prepared, he prepared for a different opponent. Do you feel like Woodley has no chance because Here's my thing: If Woodley can clearly go back and watch that fight and realize that he just didn't pull the trigger when he should have, and like if he cleans up some of those mistakes, he might have a real shot at this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna take. I'm gonna take Jake by my finish this time. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you though. Like, here's the thing: Tyron Woodley. I clown the guy all the time. Like, I the rapping and the acting and all this has just been anyway the the most pathetic thing i think i've ever seen in combat sports was him getting that tattoo after losing to jake paul and like he and he got that tattoo as like a way of getting a rematch but like wasn't gonna get the rematch and it just kind of worked out to this way but that said like i'm glad he's getting like at least it's like dude you you simp so hard that you got a tattoo i love jake paul on your fingers that you were that desperate for a rematch I'm glad you're at least getting the rematch. I saw yeah. that J- I saw that Jake Paul is going to give him five hundred thousand dollars if if Jake can if if Woodley can knock Jake out as well. So yeah. so Woodley has a lot of incentive to be ing- to be aggressive, but I think that's also uh, a like a ploy from Jake if I'm being honest. Like I think he wants to get Woodley all riled up and get him really aggressive of being like I'm going to knock this dude out and win an extra half a million, and that's yeah. where Jake's going to catch him making mistakes and knock him out.
0: So Well, one thing interesting, too, is it sounds like Tyron was already training for Dan Hardy. And so him, like, preparing for Dan Hardy, um, it's not like he hasn't been training boxing. So right. that's another interesting aspect of it, too.
1: I, yeah, and that's good to know. I mean, I have less than 0% interest in Dan Hardy versus Tyron Woodley. I, I've watched yeah. the fight, um, but... Dan Hardy, we talked about it before. I just feel like Dan Hardy was one of the most overrated UFC fighters, like ever. To me, um, that's
0: like one of those just like under undercard thriller fights, like yes. not even main event, like your third fight or something like that. Like that's what it would be to me. But yeah, hey, whatever. Yeah,
1: but I'm I'm um, yeah. um, but, I, I'm, but yeah. I'm I'm happy though that like. People can say whatever they want about Jake Paul. Like I get, I get all sides of it. But one thing that I think really needs to be respected is that like, he could have easily just been like every other pro boxer is nowadays and just been like, all right, we're going to move the whole thing to another yep. month and then sometime next year and blah, blah, blah. He it's was like, no. Six months. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, screw this. Like I'm ready to fight. It's like how common, McGregor operates, right? Like yep. opponent change, who cares? I'm still going to be there. Give me anybody. And the Tyron Woodley thing is already built in and he got once again, he got the tattoo. So like he he held up his end of the bargain for the rematch. Jake's gonna yep. give him a rematch and um well and also and, like you know, props yeah. to Woodley too. Like you yeah. took the fight
0: on short notice, you're getting the call, you say hell yeah, I'll do it. Like I, I just think MMA fighters are built different. I, I, I really agree. do. I think yeah. boxers are more like Diva about things, and They're they got a promoter and all this other stuff, and it's yeah. just like you know, it's like, oh, you want to fight? Okay, we'll fight. them You know, and one but only I if there's think-
1: going to be a rematch and this and that, right. and like the right. ring is only a certain dimension, and the ropes have to be a certain tightness, and like yeah, only yeah.
0: only brown colored M Ms in the back, and you know. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: I mean, but not even like there's probably a fighter who's requested a certain color yeah. of M Ms. You know what I mean?
0: I <laughs> but, um, also what I kind of liked hearing from Jake was like, there's a lot of undercard fighters on that, that, uh, card and he doesn't want them not to get paid. He doesn't want them not to be able to fight. So he's gonna go ahead and step up and make sure that the, the thing still happens. So That's I cool. give him respect for that. So,
1: and we've got um, uh Gore and, uh, Darren Williams on that show also, which is wild.
0: Is that down that show? Is that yeah, that's, it?
1: like, the co-main, I think. Yeah. Cool. Wow.
0: Man, I, I just feel like Frank Gore's going to knock him out. I don't care how well Darren Williams is. Frank Frank Gore's a tank.
1: Yeah, and he was playing as recently as, like, last season. Like, it's not like yeah. he's, like, that out of it. But Darren Williams, to his credit, I remember him going on the Helwani show during, like, the ESPN era, and I think he, like, owns, like, a gym or two, like an MMA gym or something, or he trains a, a whole lot, like, He's been involved, like Darren Williams, like at the very least has been training to some degree. Now, granted, do I know exactly what that is? We were told CM Punk was training and all this stuff and turned out he was the level of a a white belt when, you know, we got to a real camp. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like Frank Gore should beat him as well. But like Darren Williams, like I said, might have a little bit to show and he's definitely taller and longer. So we'll see. But, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, once again, shout out Aaron Carter. Like, he would, Aaron Carter would have fought any of these <laughs> dudes. He didn't care. He did not give a damn. Aaron Carter goes in there and fights Lamar Odom and everyone clowns him. Like, screw all you people. Like, that dude took a fight that, like, he couldn't win and did it anyways. You know what I mean? Like,
0: hell oh, yeah, Aaron Carter.
1: If you, if you see this, care. Aaron, because he follows me on Twitter, you know, I'd make that a big deal now. Um, yeah. You know, me and Aaron Carter are homies, so uh, so yeah, I want to see my boy back in back in the ring soon.
0: Okay, anyways, um, one more quick thing before we get into the UFC, um, Khabib's promotion uh-huh. has got um, Tyron Spong versus Bigfoot Silva as the main event. <laughs> no, really, that's random. Bigfoot has lost six in a row, so that's fun um and rashad evans is coming out of retirement to fight on that card now what i think could happen is ali a couple years ago said that if rashad evans came out of retirement what do you guys think of this fight and he said tito and i just feel like tito has no obligation to anybody If they want to run it back, they can do Rashad Tito to get attention for this Eagle promotion for Khabib's promotion. So I'm calling it right now. I think it's possible that Rashad Evans versus Tito Ortiz three happens for Khabib's promotion.
1: I think it's very, very possible. I mean, it's a better, it's a more winnable fight for Tito than uh, the Anderson Silva fight for sure. Oh, I yeah. mean, Tito doesn't need to box anymore. That's nonsense. Right. Yeah. We, we tried yeah. that. We're out. We're out I'll, the game. I'll, I think I'll take Tito over Rashad in, a, in an MMA fight right now, especially with the
0: way Rashad just wouldn't pull yeah. the trigger and all that. So I, I yeah. don't know. I think it could be interesting, but doesn't that kind of make sense? Like, who are you yeah. going to get that's going to get attention to fight Rashad and Tito? Tito really fits that bill. So I wouldn't yep. be surprised if Tito is the one that actually fights Rashad. I
1: think that's a good call. That that makes total sense. So
0: keep your eye out on that. You heard it here first. Um, and now UFC 269. And uh, I don't know if you have the card in front of you. Yeah. But, um, man, I know. And, and I kind of said this, too. I know you think I might be crazy. I really feel like Pena might pull up no, the upset. No, I'm telling no. you, I'm <laughs> no. telling you, she's, she's plus 600 right now. And it is taking everything out of her <laughs> not to put money down on her.
1: There's like, a difference between putting some money down on a plus 600 and then like actually thinking she's like going to win. I'm you know not what I mean? saying,
0: I just feel it in the air. It, it, let me explain my case, right? This is everything to her. This is her career. It's, it's everything to her. The, Amanda is done. Amanda's check. This is boring to Amanda. This, is, this She was going to take this fight with a knee brace on the, the, the previous fight. She's not taking Juliana seriously at all. And I'm telling you, watch that press conference. Watch how much trash Pena talks. Watch how confident Pena will be. And Pena is going to go after her and try to put her on her back and grind her out with cardio. Like, she's not going to stand there and just try to bang with her. She's going to try to take her down and gas her out. And I really think she has a chance.
1: What percentage of a chance are you talking? 40. Five? five 40. 40? 40% chance. Oh, get out of here, dude. Maybe maybe, sales. maybe 4%. Like, I, I, dude, I, she's she's done before the second round. Maybe in the second. It doesn't go past two rounds. Because yeah. what, what do you say the same thing about, like, Valentina Shevchenko or, like, Chris Seymour? But, but would
0: would they want to take her to the ground? Do they want to wrestle her and ground and pound her? That's the difference.
1: I think it's tough to do that when you're knocked out cold, though. Like, no, I, I
0: agree. <laughs> I'm t- like, do, you, do you, did you watch her in the Ultimate Fighter?
1: No. Like, dude, she's but isn't her biggest a... win like Nico Montano?
0: I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I mean,
1: let, she... let me look up her record real quick. Let's see. She came to the, the
0: finals when it was like that women's tournament was that was like just to, to build the new champion at that time. Like she she was a beast. But if you watched her in the Ultimate Fighter, like she has so much heart. She's so tough. Um, she tore her ACL, MCL, and LCL completely, and came back and and still was like winning. Like, I just think that she she's a bad matchup for Amanda, and if so, Amanda's not taking her seriously, I think it could be a problem.
1: Sure, but you also kind of just described like and there. You know what I mean? Like a guy who talked a whole bunch of trash, wanted to outwork and out wrestle, and all it still lost Anderson. How? Plays.
0: How close did he go to beating Anderson though? Still lost.
1: But but yeah, no, but I he, agree, but yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying.
0: It's like I don't think that this is going to be a second round knockout. I just I, got don't, I think she's I, in for a fight.
1: I get what you're saying. So like I'm looking at a record right now. <clears throat> uh before she came into the UFC, she was four and two. Mm-hmm. Uh she did the ultimate fighter uh one over Jessica Rakoski, who I've never heard of, Melina Dudavia, who I've never heard of. Um, she beat Jessica I by unanimous decision. The same Jessica I got her head kicked off in her title fight against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. at a lower right. weight class. Uh beat Kat Zingano, uh but this was back in, in UFC two hundred. We're talking two thousand sixteen. Um yeah. since then she, lost to Chevchenko. Oh, when was right. the, what's
0: the difference? She, she tore her knee, that's what I'm saying. She was out for like two years well no
1: it says July 2016 she lost she beat Zingano and then she lost to Shevchenko in January of 17 that's only like six months and then Nico Montano that was like two years so she so she lost to Valentina Shevchenko she got barred by Shevchenko without for like two years and then beat Nico Montano who's literally the worst UFC champion in history I don't think anyone even debate that Right, got choked out by Jermaine Durand. mean, yeah, and then she beat Sarah McMahon, who is like way past her her prime. Right, I cannot say that that that's a resume that gives Amanda Nunez any problems.
0: It's it's not. It's it. it at some point, it's got to fall off, right? And Amanda has already shown signs. That she's I think Shevchenko
1: is the only point. one who has a chance.
0: I, I'm saying
1: no, saying, no. Mark I, I, right my I, right I, words. <laughs> I, I hear think what you're this saying. is gonna be a fight, and I'll be the one eating crow if I'm wrong. Because you have been saying really for because this match was supposed to happen months ago. Like you were saying from, from you were saying from day one, like Pena, you thought she had a chance this whole time. So yep. like you're not like you're you're sticking to to it. Like you're being consistent, which yep. I respect that. I just, and it's mainly
0: just the style. If if yeah. Pena's just gonna go in there and just try to stand with her, okay, that's not gonna work. I'm not calling that. But if she's actually going to take Amanda down, constantly put pressure on Amanda, and Amanda's not able to avoid being taken down, and like she's she's getting taken down, she has to get back up. She starts to gas. That's when Juliana could take over. That that's my thing. And it's a lot easier when you've been this champion for this long. But like for Pena, like she's willing to die in there to get that title. So that's why I just think that it's different. I'm not saying that she's gonna win, but I'm just saying like plus six hundred. That's
1: that's pretty tempting. Well, plus six hundred is tempting if it's anybody. If I'm being honest, like that. That's like that's what was Holly Holly Holm was like plus a thousand or something, maybe yeah, seven hundred or something. Where Where was I at on that? Jeez. I know, I know. Um, but I mean. <clears throat> I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't think it's the worst idea to put a little money down on somebody who's plus 600, no matter who it is. Um, yeah. Because those are just really, really good odds. But um, I'm also not giving anybody a financial advice and I'm not telling anybody to, to go spend their money. Like, I don't want that burden on myself. Like, I'm just saying no, no. If it was me personally. Like, there's even a chance after all this, I put like 50 bucks on Panya or something just yeah. because the payout would be huge on that. But like, yeah. I don't expect her to win the fight um at all do you want to get dirty super super child real quick before we yeah yeah we'll go in and then we'll finish up the uh the predictions thanks a lot dirty
0: always appreciate it um who could cause that uh fight at 170 and 185 who could could be yeah i think you name it (laughs) yeah I I literally like I've I've bought in on that guy. Like, I think I think the biggest fight is going to be him and Usman, and I think he would probably run right through Izzy. Like I think he would just yeah. take Izzy down and beat the crap out of him. Like, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to own both divisions, honestly. And as as much as he wants to be active, I think the UFC is <laughs> going to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, I I agree with all that um i'm not picking against chemo at all right now like until yeah. until he loses the fight i'm picking him over everyone including usman um and i have a ton of respect for usman i think usman and colby like if if chemo can beat either of those dudes like there's i'm not picking against him at all like against anyone so uh so to answer your question dirty uh at 170 i think the the toughest fight for him is usman um yeah and I think I think he has a damn good chance. And then 185 stylistically, I don't think there's anyone in the division who. Like, the only reason I think Usman and Colby would have like a good chance is because their wrestling is so strong. But like I don't think right. there's anybody at 185 in that upper echelon with wrestling good enough, including Adesanya, that I, that Chimayev would have any issues.
0: Sounds like he thinks that Whitaker could beat him.
1: Whitaker has good takedown defense, um, yeah. but we also haven't seen coms like get stuffed or anything he's just running through people so yeah. like and he has heavy it's, hands like if he doesn't get you down he knocks you out
0: <laughs> it's very khabib like but more of yeah. a like a path to destruction like he just finishes people like he yeah. kind of played with his
1: food this guy
0: just devours you
1: yeah he has the same kind of stuff where he'll he'll drag you right in front of Dana white and negotiate his next fight while he's punching you in the face like right and yeah. it's not like
0: that he'll do that to like the number one contender like yeah I, I just he's he's a different animal that's why like, i I'm think watching I, that guy and he's special
1: yeah i agree and that's why i think him and colby is like the perfect fight because if he can beat colby then it's like a great litmus test for like that he just definitely got a shot against deuce mon um and if colby can beat him like colby proves that he probably should get another title shot because like i said i think colby and Juice Mon, i think their last i've rewatched it twice i think that was a draw like yeah you know, I, I had Usman winning the first two rounds, and I had one of them ten eight, and I had I had Colby winning three four and five. I, I can I can see the the argument for either way, but like those I hate are the two how top the, guys.
0: I hate how two judges gave him the gave Usman the fifth round. I think that's crazy. I don't think he yeah. won the fifth round at all.
1: It's such a it's such a. We, I mean, you know, it just with MMA judging, it's it's just it's way too up to opinion. Then there's just way yeah. too much. Room for error with the way that it's set up, and unfortunately, is, stuff's just going to always happen until they change it. But yeah, but yeah, thanks, All for for right, so, super chat. Appreciate that, man.
0: So let's go with the picks over the card.
1: Yeah, you've got it up. I'm taking Nunez over Pena. Um, we've got, and you are too, but you're saying Pena. You're 40% saying keep, you 40. I'm saying keep keep an eye out on her. Um, we'll do Olvera and Poria at the end. So okay. we'll do uh on the early prelims. Do you know Andre Muniz and Eric Anders?
0: I know who Eric Anders is. I don't know about Muniz. M-
1: Muniz has looked really good. He's won his last like seven or something in a row. His most recent one, he he uh, submitted Jacare Souza. Okay. Um,
0: oh, I was at that fight.
1: Yeah, that guy's been impressive. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one um i'm gonna take my I mean, yeah I've got
0: yeah too. i like
1: Anders though i've talked about it before like i got to see Anders fight live in atlanta years back and he yeah. lost his fight but then like he went into the crowd and was like still taking pictures and autographs and stuff for people even though he just lost so like i'm always gonna be a fan of his because I, I just think he's a cool dude but well uh, he, I usually has ex-
0: he usually has exciting <laughs> fights yes. He might not win them but they'll be exciting fights
1: yes um Ryan Hall's on the show. He's coming off of a loss. Um,
0: that's just a that's just a submission wizard. If it doesn't happen, then he's pretty much going to lose.
1: So. Exactly.
0: Very exactly. Maya like it, like when Maya first started.
1: Yeah, very similar. Um, Augustus Sakai versus Hiroya Vasa. There, I, I'd assume there's going to be a knockout in that one. Either way, both guys are. Yeah, I
0: like, don't, I, they, and they're dead even in the odds. I'm looking at the odds. They're both minus one ten.
1: That makes sense. Like two of us, I think, has won his last like three in a row. Let me just double check that. And I think Sakai, if I remember correctly, he he's coming off losses, I think, to Rosenstrike and, and Overeem. Um, Sakai
0: is is a lot bigger, I believe, though. In my uh, if I if I can recall, so I, I yeah, I think he
1: might. I think he might win. When Sakai was on a good run before he lost to Overeem and Rosenstrike, you obviously like. There's no real like shame in losing either of those two dudes but like before that he had beaten guys like chase sherman and andre arlovsky even though that was a split decision to arlovsky that was a close one he knocked out marcin Tybura. he beat belgoy ivanov so like both guys have quality wins over like good fighters and both have serious knockout power i'm taking two though because like i i like him a lot and i love seeing the shoeys afterwards i think that's just hilarious that he actually does that um very marketable dude so I'm gonna take yeah. Tiuasa. Um, you got yeah. a prediction for that?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm I gonna go miss. with
1: Sakai. Cool. Um, we got Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. That's a big fight at bantamweight. Um, he got in that one.
0: I'm going Cruz. He's a plus one hundred underdog, and Munoz is a one minus one twenty. That's surprising. I'm going with Cruz.
1: I'm going with Cruz also. Um. Munoz is a good fighter, but like Dominic Cruz is still Dominic Cruz. Like, um, the footwork, the, the yeah. angles, all
0: that stuff. I just, I, I, and, and, and not only that the championship pedigree that he has.
1: Uh, I just think Cruz is going to win. Exactly. The next one here, this will probably be the prelim main event. I think this is going to be the best fight of the entire show, uh, including the main card and everything. Uh, Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. Like, yeah. Josh Emmett, you know, he's coming off of, It's been over a year. I think it was like surgery, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like it it was multiple injuries to his leg, including his ACL. And he did that like the first round when he fought Shane Burgos and then beat him by decision. Like he fought almost the entire fight with a torn ACL and still won. Um, He's coming off three wins in a row over Michael Johnson, Rasad Bektik, and Shane Burgos. And then you got Dan Ige, who has just been like, a complete animal like all of his fights are are insanely entertaining uh got wins over guys like edson barbosa um we his two biggest fights were losses when he lost to calvin cater and korean zombie but both went to decision and like they were awesome fights so like i'm taking josh emmett for my prediction but i think this is going to be the best match of the whole fight or the whole show
0: josh emmett is actually the favorite at minus 165 Ige is plus 145 um, I'm gonna take Ige just based off of not having ring rust and not being out there. Like, and he's been through some wars,
1: so I, yeah. I, I'm gonna take Ige. It's under that's understandable. Like I, I like I said, it's a really, really, really good matchup. Um, in I've said it plenty before, but featherweight, my, my favorite top fifteen in the whole UFC is the featherweight division, and like these two guys are like a good example because I'm not looking at the rankings right now, but I'm assuming they're they're probably both like it's probably like eight and 10 or so. Like they're both in the top 10 and
0: yeah. like,
1: and like they're that good. Like it's, it's just such a stacked division. Um, and then we got the, uh, the main card sugar, Sean O'Malley's coming back. Uh, he's fighting Rulon Pavea. Um, Paiva? You know not, sure. about him? not really. Um, I know he's lost. to. I remember him losing to Kai Kara France. Who's also on this show. Um, I mean, this is I, I could do a whole podcast on just Sean O'Malley, but it's just it's just one of these things where like the real travesty of this whole thing. We're going to talk about Garbrandt in a second because he's moving to flyweight, but they yeah. should have just done Sean O'Malley versus Cody Garbrandt and Bantamweight on the show, like right, like we well, need they, to like see, they were
0: they were talking about doing him and Frankie Edgar. They were, I yeah. mean, like we were finally going to see him face some bigger names and competition. And now we're like back to a guy. We don't even know who he is.
1: Right. And that's the thing about it is like, even if he goes out there and loses to like a Frankie Edgar or Dominic Cruz on the show too, or in Pedro Munoz, any of these guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if you lose to them, like, okay. Then you kind of go back to the drawing board and give him some more kind of lower card guys. But like, if he goes out there, if this Rulon Paiva guy knocks out Sean O'Malley, like, you wouldn't you rather see like Frankie Edgar knock out Sean O'Malley than like some unknown dude nobody knows? Like, if he's gonna get knocked out, like, I don't know why they haven't advanced O'Malley farther up the. What what it honestly is how how I feel about it is I think that at this point, the value that I think the UFC sees in Sean O'Malley is he's a great guy to open pay-per-views and fight yeah. and just beat guys up. Because, like, it yeah. gets the crowd going for the whole night. Right. Um, and that's what he's they're probably the, hoping for. He's, he's
0: the WCW is. cruiserweight. That's basically yeah. what he is. <laughs> yeah, he, he
1: basically, Sean Amali's Ultimo Dragon. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I, I got to go Sean O'Malley. I mean, but yeah. his, O'Malley's last fight, uh, the duty fought was tough as hell. But he, yeah, like, he it took him forever to put him away, and he got a lot of criticism for it. Well,
0: and he's trying to, like, do these highlights <laughs> and pose when he punches. And it's just, like, his goal is to go viral on yeah. TikTok. You know yes. what I mean? 100%. Like, so.
1: I, ma- I don't know. The majority of his fan base are hype beasts, and yes. and that's what he's going for. Like he wants the Fortnite players, the Twitch streamers, the TikTokers. Right. Like he he wants to appeal to that demo, and he's been really smart about it, and he's gotten him a lot of fame and a lot of hype very fast. Um, but that's a fickle fan base. Like if he gets knocked out by a no name, a lot of those people are going to jump off the bandwagon. Um, but that said, I I love Sugar Sean. I think he's entertaining as hell. I think he's a yeah, great fighter. Yeah. I, I just want to, to see, see him fight. Him fight like
0: yep same yeah exactly
1: same. um speaking of we got the flyweight division Kai kaikara france and cody garbrandt the story here of course cody garbrandt was supposed to get a shot at the flyweight title when figus when figus and why am i having such a hard time saying his name divison figueredo um <laughs> when he was the champion garbrandt was supposed to fight him for the title he had to pull out and then brandon marino got the shot that went to a yep. draw so they had to run yep. it back and garbrandt got totally boxed out but see here's my thing if they would have done garbrandt and o'malley on this show at bantamweight and, and garbrandt won you could yeah. have still had him drop and then get a title shot at yeah or flyweight for
0: sure because they I were going to do that anyways
1: yeah at one point. so like and um, people would be hyped for it exactly and it's weird because like my mind is saying Cara France on this. Cause he's a really good kickboxer. He trains with Eugene Behrman and Israel Adesanya and, and Volkanovsky and all those dudes in, in okay. New Zealand. Um, okay. And he's looked pretty solid, but Garbrandt, even though he's lost like three of his last four fights, when he knocks out a dude like, uh, like Pedro Munoz, the way that he did, it's like, you know, that the, that's still there. Like, and if he catches yeah. anyone with those kind of shots, it's, it's game over. So like, and I'm we taking, also
0: know if he gets caught, it can yes. be game over as well. So. Yeah.
1: So like my mind's on car France, my heart's with Garbrandt. I'm going with Garbrandt just because I feel like he knows his back's against the wall. Cause he's in a position where like, he's never getting another shot at ba- the Bantamweight title. And if, if he's going to get another UFC belt, he's in this real weird spot. Cause he won the title so fast at Bantamweight. He kind of had nowhere to go from there. And you know, if he doesn't beat car France, he's not going to be in the mix at flyweight either. And so like, what does he do going forward? Like he, he really has to win this fight. So like, I'm going to take Garbrandt. What about you? Yeah.
0: Um, I'm, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take France.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it, that could very well go that way. Um, the next one, welterweight matchup. This is a really good welterweight fight. Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, yeah. You know, both guys. I think Ponsonibio is probably a bit more well-rounded and and a bit more diverse in his striking, but Jeff Neal is like just strong as hell. Um, This is a good one. Who do you have here?
0: Um, since Jeff Neal just got a DUI and all that, he had a bunch of drama. I'm gonna go with Ponsonibio and if you look at the odds Ponzanibio is negative 125 Jeff Neal is plus 105 so Ponzanibio is the favorite as well so
1: yeah i i'm taking Ponzanibio um i like i said i just think he's more well-rounded he has more ways of beating Jeff Neal um like i think if this hits the ground for instance Ponzanibio will have an advantage and i think he has the more kind of unpredictable striking anyways on the feet but i forgot yep. about that that Jeff Neal is dealing with like DUI it was DUI DWI something like that Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's got other stuff on his mind too. So yeah, taking Ponzinibbio, we've already went through Nunez and Pena. we both got Nunez in the main event of the show, Charles Oliveira defending the lightweight championship against Dustin Poirier, who you got in the main event.
0: I've got Oliveira, but Vegas has him as the underdog. He is plus 135 and Dustin is minus 155.
1: I mean, that's still pretty close odds, but like, no, I, 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 I think, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a it's
0: mistake. Just, it's the Connor. It's the Connor yeah. show.
1: It's beating yeah. Connor and all that.
0: But there's a lot of people that think Dustin's going to win this fight. They think it's Dustin's destiny and it's finally going to happen. And and it, you never know. It could. I mean, you know, Chandler had Oliveira almost out. He almost won that fight. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. But uh, I'm I'm picking Oliveira. I just think he's a better fighter.
1: Yeah. I I mean, Poirier is. He's really, he's really, really, really well rounded, um, yeah. and he has more heart than like anyone he fights. Like I loved Dustin Poirier. Um, he's scrappy. He's a real dog in in, yep. in the fight game. And he's been in the fight game for so. I remember Fightville that that documentary for forever, forever yep. ago. And so I mean, WBC, the whole deal. And like
0: I will say this too: as I feel like if he loses, I feel like this could be it.
1: Like he hasn't yeah. said
0: that, but I, he's really kind of hinted that he's, he's
1: about done. I mean, this is the only thing he hasn't accomplished in the sport. Like he, he was right. the interim champion, but to be the undisputed champion, like he's already made a lot of money. He's, he's beat the biggest star in the company multiple times. Yep. Like he's, he, you know, really, this is the last thing on the kind of the list probably for him. Yep. Um. You know, he's not the best striker in the division, not the best wrestler. He's not the best jujitsu dude. But he's like he's good at all that stuff. He but Oliveira heart. and he has yeah, like I said, his heart is like he's always gonna be. He's always got a chance because of his heart. And like you said, Chandler dropped Oliveira like that. So Poirier, if he lands the same shot, probably could as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oliveira is the best jiu-jitsu guy in the division, maybe in the entire company. Yep. Oliveira's hands keep getting better. He's knocking dudes out now too. Yeah. Um. I mean, he screwed up Tony Ferguson. Yep. Like, I mean, and it's just one of those things. It's just like, I don't see how Poirier wins this fight outside of Poirier catching him. Like what could happen in any fight? I, I don't, I think Olivera is, is, would give him some serious problems on the feet. And if there is any problems coming from Poirier, Olivera takes him to the ground. And, and I think Poirier stands literally no chance against Olivera on the ground. So yeah. like <laughs> I'm going Charles Oliveira all day. I think it would be a, I think it'd be a really cool moment as a as a Dustin Poirier fan. I think it'd be cool as hell to see him win the world title. I think that'd be awesome. But yeah. I just, I don't, I'm not picking anyone against Charles Oliver or over Charles Oliveira right now. I think I'll the only say person, this go, mm-hmm. go ahead. Finish i was going to say the only the only people I think that can beat Oliveira are either Habib, who is out of the conversation right now, or potentially Islam Islam Makachev. But like, yeah. But even then, like, you got to get him on the ground and hold him there without getting submitted. And, like, I don't know how many people want to be on top of Oliveira on the ground, like, with what he does to people on the ground. So, yeah. I'll say this, too,
0: is, like, if Dustin wins, I really feel like it opens up another door for Connor and Dustin for a rematch, and I really don't want to see that. That would one billion so, percent, be what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah <exactly. laughs> I mean, it's just it just makes sense, right? Like to run it back for the title. Connor yeah. getting another title shot, like and Gaethje being mad as hell because he's gonna have to fight Islam, you know. <laughs> okay. And it's just yeah. So, but well, I think I, I, th- think,
1: I think I think I think Gaethje will fight the winner of this regardless, and I think yeah. Connor will will get in the mix once that's, but who's going to really get screwed is going to be like Dariush and. um, Yeah.
0: Although if he beats Islam, then it's a different deal.
1: Right. Yes. But but he's going to have
0: to beat Islam to get that. Like they're not going to give Dariush anything of merit on pay-per-view unless he really is like the clear
1: cut. Yeah and and I, and I think that like for for connor they really should just do connor and nate 3 next yep. like but i also think that they're really going to the ufc's got to they with it being nate's last fight as a contract like that's what's going to screw all of this up because yep. they're going to try to get shemeev or someone in there to make a name off of nate if he's not going to re-sign but if yep. he does re-sign i think they'll give him the connor trilogy right away um yeah so But yeah, I'm taking Oliveira. Sounds like you are as well. But this is one billion percent the right fight. Like Dustin Poirier is for sure the number one contender. Like this fight makes all the sense in the world. I just think that Oliveira is just on a different level right now. It's just as simple as that,
0: really. Yep, I'm I'm with you. And I mean, honestly, if they run back Poirier and Gaethje, I mean, that's a fantastic fight. If Poirier actually wins. Yeah. So, and then also, I mean, like Gaethje and Oliveira is not bad either. So, either way, it's it's gonna be pretty good. And then, oh yeah. And then Islam will take his throne, and we'll (laughs) just see what happens after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's really the only guy right now that's active at at lightweight that I think really has a chance. Like Gaethje is always gonna have a chance because of how durable he is and his knockout power, but that's really more of like a. Like if he were to go in there and knock out Charles Oliveira, for instance, I would say that happens maybe once or twice out of ten kind of thing. You know what I mean? If yeah. he just gets him on the right night. Um but yeah, Makachev's definitely the guy to watch right now in the division. That's that's for sure. So so yeah, that's uh, that'll probably do it for today's uh today's show. We got a we got a lot knocked out today.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um and We'll likely be doing a fight, a uh, watch along on Fightful. We will be.
1: Yes. Um, thank you for reminding me. So we will be doing a, it'll be youtube.com slash Fightful. We'll be going live for Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena, as well as um, Dustin Poirier and and um, Charles Oliveira. So we'll be doing the co-main and the main event. You can watch live. It'll be me, Doug, Rob Wilkins jeremy lambert may or may not be there and sean ross Sapp's usually a game time decision but he's usually there with us um yeah. so it'll it'll be a good time two really good fights and then we'll be doing a fight night again the following week i know you won't be available but i'll be on there yeah. for the uh j paul tyron woodley rematch but we'll talk more about that um as it comes up on next week's show um, yeah very
0: curious to see the dynamic of the press conference and all that stuff like it's It's weird, like it's all of a sudden now you gotta like turn that switch on, like all that animosity and everything's back on. Like it's gonna be interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I just hope Woodley's learned. The the interesting thing though is like if Woodley's learned from his mistakes and Jake Paul also has learned like that uh, some of Woodley's weaknesses and thinks he can finish him, like it could be a really good fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I, I I hope think it'd it be is. a way
0: better fight than the Tommy Fury fight. Like I think this is an upgrade, honestly. I really I do. agree.
1: The only the only thing that the Tommy Fury fight had going for it was at least that if and when Jake went in there and beat him, then he at least has claim of like beating an actual boxer. Right. You know, that's really it. But I right. think Tyron Woody's more dangerous than Tommy Fury, probably. I you agree. know what I mean? And, so.
0: and it's like it's like with with I don't think, like, I don't even think you need to do Tommy Fury again after this. Like, I think that should just be like a one shot, and I think you can move on to a better boxer or something with more different name.
1: Like, I think he uh, wins and calls out the Diaz brothers and Connor. Yeah. Yeah. What he should, the angle he should run is like, I gave boxing a chance. They, they pushed out on me. I'm going after the high level MMA guys that'll actually show up. Right. Like, the real, the real fighters. Yeah. So. Um, we got a last-second super chat from Dirty before we get out of here. Yeah, Hell awesome.
0: Yes. Appreciate it. Opinion on Forrest Griffin? What, what, what are your thoughts
1: there, Stephen? You can go first. Um, I think he is. I think he was one of the most important guys to ever fight for the UFC because that that fight with him and Bonner, like that, doesn't happen. We're probably not talking about the UFC right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was ever the most talented guy in the division. But speaking of a guy like Dustin Poirier, the dude had a ton of heart and. I was shocked when he choked out Shogun Hua. Like I'll never forget uh, he, that.
0: I'll never forget it either.
1: And winning the world title uh, from Rampage. Rampage.
0: Yeah, I mean
1: it's, and, but it's, but it, you got it. You got even though I know you're a giant Rampage fan. Like you got to give Forest props for like just just his heart. Like his heart yeah. superseded his talent, and he made for his sure. way to the championship. So. I got nothing but respect for Forrest Griffin. I, you know, the the most yeah. embarrassing thing I've also ever seen in MMA was his loss to Anderson Silva and the way he ran away and stuff after. But like, the 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 negative doesn't outweigh the positive that I think he did for the sport and the company. So I, I'm I'm a Forrest Griffin guy for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, it, it was weird though because it was like I, I watched the company build like legit stars. And then they just kind of threw him to the wayside and replaced him with Forrest Griffins and Stefan Bonners and Diego Sanchez's. And, like, they wanted you to forget about Tito Ortiz and Vitor Belfort and BJ Penn. So, like, I always had a little bit of resentment towards those guys. And then when Tito actually fought Forrest and all that stuff, but, like, listen, at the end of the day, like, Forrest earned it, fought everybody. He was a big, like a pay-per-view draw. You look forward to all Forrest fights. Um, he won the title. Like, got to give him a lot of respect. So, yeah, I think Forrest is a sure Hall of Famer. I think Stefan Bonner kind of rode his coattails. I think Forrest is the real deal, but, it takes two to tango I I watched that fight live I remember being absolutely blown away and I had seen so much MMA you know pride and everything and I had never seen anything like that fight and I was just so happy like it was weird like all of a sudden you were allowed to like MMA like MMA became just like a household name after that
1: night I was in like, high school at the time. And I remember everyone talking about it at school and stuff. And I was all of a sudden like people like UFC now, like, cause like I liked yeah. it. And no one else did or no one else right. was talking about it. I remember people actually like caring about it then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it just like, you just felt the shift. And then all of a sudden you just had like people on the street talking about Chuck Liddell, And it was just, it was just weird. Like, it's like I used to have to like order a countdown show on like direct TV pay-per-view, you know? And like, I I would have to, like, the only way I would be able to see the weigh-in is to, like, go on sheerdog.com when they uploaded it or whatever. Like, it was just – And, like, super
1: low-quality resolution, super but it was, like – But you would take anything you could yeah. get, yeah. W, WMV video clip. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Real, like, real-time player.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's what you're getting, you know, and all pixelated and stuff. Yeah. And but like Jeff, Jeff Sherdog
1: was the only one out there like, like covering it back then. Like,
0: Well, what's crazy is like you would only have like, like a guy, like if he made himself like known in the lower markets, he would finally get a shot on pay-per-view. You had never seen the guy before. The first time you saw him was at the weigh-in. Right. So that's why the weigh-in became such a big deal back then because it literally was the first time you saw a lot. Like James Irvin, never heard of him. And then I saw them at the weigh-in, and then they win a fight, and then it's like buzz, and then it's like one more fight, and it's title shot, and t- stuff like that. Like Joe Riggs. Who's Joe Riggs? Let me watch this. Justin Eilers. Like all those guys. Like I had never heard of who they were. And then I'd see them at the weigh-in. I'd be like, oh, okay, Mike Kyle. And I'd be like, oh, okay, like they, they should be pretty good. And then like you watch them on pay-per-view, and they win, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe they got something here, you know? Like that's yeah. the way it was back then.
1: For sure. I, I I remember those days fondly. I really that was really that was kind of like the end of me in high school and like throughout all of college, like MMA was really hot while the four years I was in college. So, like, I have really, really good memories of, of that time period of MMA for sure. Um, I throw this out here before we get out of uh, off the show. Um, shout out again, I said at the beginning, Unkind Esports logos right above me here new sponsor for the show. Make sure to show them love. Go follow them on Twitter at Unkind Esports. Go check out their new website, unkindesports.com. Um, we're a part of, like, they put our logo on their homepage and they're they're updating the site. So, like, this is a real partnership with us and them. <coughs> if you're into esports or video games or anything along those lines, just, just go show them support. Go check out their Twitch channels. Go check out the players that they have involved in the, in the e teams and all that stuff. Like this is exciting time for the podcast. Uh, this is going to give me and Doug opportunity to do more with the show. It's going to give us opportunity to, to give you higher quality content and stuff over time. Like it, it, this is going to be a really good thing for, for y'all as the viewers and the listeners, uh, the audio version, the, the video listeners, watchers, all you guys like, um, so this is nothing but like something super positive. It's something that I think that everybody uh, should be really happy about whether it's me and Doug or anybody who, who's watching or listening to this. Like this is, this is a really cool thing that that we've started with unkind and we're hoping to mutually grow uh, both us and them. Um, you know, if, if you're into esports or even if you're not, like I said, like give it a shot, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to make sure over the weeks to tell you all about some of the players on some of the teams. We're going to tell you about some of their big matchups and the games that they're playing and stuff. So, we're going to try to keep you all in the loop with the stuff they got going on. And in turn, they're going to be talking a lot about us when they're out there gaming and, and doing their Twitch streams and, and social media and all that stuff. And and they might help us with a with a new website and, and a whole bunch of stuff. So like um, just once again, support Unkind Esports This is the first of this is the first day of hopefully like a really long partnership with them. And um, we're really excited about it. So so once again, Unkind Esports, thank you all so much for uh, for being a part of live rounds here with me and Doug.
0: Yeah, awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, you just keep grinding, you keep knocking these shows out, and you never know what happens. So thanks for always supporting the channel. Um, Thanks for everybody that's always submitted super chats and likes the videos. If you haven't liked that video yet, please do. Um, Steven, you got a game on Thursday, my friend, you got to win this thing
1: yeah about the game before the game tomorrow i'll be at dave and busters uh probably most of the day tomorrow um so that'll be fun uh they have i think i've told you they have a, a new app for like a new application for your phone um that you can you basically get like xbox style achievements like when you go there often enough and win certain games enough and all this stuff so now we're racking up like I've got it sitting in my application right now. I get a free app, of anything up to $15.50 when I go there tomorrow. So I'm getting free food already before I even show up. Like, we're going to go game, win some prizes, probably get a new signed helmet tomorrow, mm-hmm. Um, whole bunch of stuff. I've been playing Mario Kart Home Circuit. My whole, my whole apartment is a Mario Kart course at the moment. I moved all okay. my furniture out of the way. Um, okay. So, you know, doing a lot of gaming. And, yes, we have a big game I said this on Twitter just because it was really funny. I have a female neighbor who lives like right below me and I hardly ever see her, but she, she came up to my door today, knocked on my door and she, she couldn't open like this jar that she had.
0: And,
1: and so I was like, yeah, come on in. Like I'll help you out. And she walks in and it's just a Mario Kart track with, with, with a Mario uh, plushes all over the place and stuff. And she's like, I tweeted about this as well, but she was like, i was like yeah you know my brother just got me this for hanukkah so we were playing it earlier and stuff and she was like oh that's so cute like how old's your brother and i was like well we're both in our 30s <laughs> <laughs> and she's like wait what and like my, my literally my entire place is a mario kart track right now for uh, those Hulk of you who don't know it's a physical car that has a camera on it that yeah. uses augmented reality so you're watching all the Mario Kart stuff happen on your screen, but you're driving this remote control car around uh, while you you're have playing. Yeah, like
0: avoiding Cody Rhodes or anything. Like, in the I way. haven't set up
1: any wrestlers, but I definitely have thought about it. But like, because because I've won all these Mario these Mario plushes from Dave and Buster, so I have like all the characters. So I have them like spread out as like obstacles for through for the course, and and they show up on the screen when you're playing. It's a really cool augmented reality is really cool, but uh. Yeah. But anyway, I'm doing a lot of gaming, and that once again ties into unkind esports. I'm not just saying it; I am about it. I my my actual apartment is dedicated to a, a video game at the moment. So, um, so yeah, we got the we got the game on Thursday. I mean, I don't know. I hope the Vikings win, but at this point, it's just like they just need to make some some big changes and uh, figure things out. But when we're out there losing to the Lions, like, come on. Like this is, this is, uh, this is embarrassing. So yeah, once again, another week lost by one score, last play. This has literally happened. How many weeks are we in now in the season? We're in week 14 at this point. I think 13 of the 14 weeks or 12 of the 13, whatever is we, it's all been within one score and most of it has been decided on the last play of the game. So like, yeah, you I, think, got, I, I do think
0: change. if you didn't lose Thielen, you would have won the, that, that. I group. agree i agree but once again and that hurt every... my fantasy one Same. point. one yep. point and i'm yep. and, and this is like going into the playoffs now
1: like oh it sucks but, but but like i keep saying at this point in the season every team's got injuries and like you got to yep. figure out ways of of knowing knowing how to how to utilize the the backups and work and playing with what you've got and mike zimmer to be called this defensive guru for all this time he's been the head coach for eight freaking seasons and our defense has sucked almost every one of those seasons and like yeah and, and it's just like for some reason the blame just doesn't fall on him and it's like the, the t- time is up time is up but time is now 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 like you you gotta get rid of mike zimmer like that's yeah It starts there. Probably need to get rid of Rick Spielman at this point, too. Yeah, I was saying. Yeah, they
0: usually usually go in in bunches together. And I'm
1: worried we're going to lose Kirk throughout all this. I'm worried we're going to lose Kirk. I'm worried Justin Jefferson's going to want out. I'm worried Adam Thielen's going to want to win a Super Bowl somewhere else before he retires. Like Dalvin Cook is probably on thin ice because of how much he costs, and Alexander Madison can kind of do his job. So it's like – it's. It's gonna be a lot of changes. I think. I think the twenty twenty two Vikings look much different than they did this year, and it's really damn sad because they have the talent to be a Super Bowl level team, and we're out here losing to the Lions. So. Well,
0: and if you do keep Spillman, he's gonna be like panic picking, right? Like he's yeah. going to try to do whatever he can to get something done, but that can also like cost you assets in the future. Yeah. So it's just like you know, catch yeah. twenty
1: two. But at least your uh, your Cowboys are in good shape. You know, yeah, so.
0: we we play Washington. If we win that, that puts us at nine and four. We should be very close to winning the division at that point. So not not too shabby. But we'll, well see.
1: Congrats. The Vikings still technically can make the playoffs. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not holding my breath Aero, over it. But
0: uh, Seattle beating San Francisco helped you. Yeah, uh, that helped
1: a lot. Well, and then pretty much all these teams are losing that we need to lose, but we're also losing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, the problem.
0: That, that's an issue.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just sad. I mean, we're the same team that like we're one missed one last second missed field goal away from beating the Cardinals, who are like one of the top two or three teams in the entire NFL, but we're also losing to the Lions.
0: They have the number one record in the NFL. Yeah, they're they're like ten and two.
1: And like we literally if we would have made a thirty seven yard field goal, we would have beat them. Yeah. But like we're also losing to the Lions. So it's like
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's frustrating. Hey, like you said,
1: Skull Vikings. I'm going to rep my team. I'm not going to give up on them like I've given up on the WWE. I'm sticking with my Vikings. It's never going to end. I bleed purple. Like this is – like I said, I got an Adam Thielen jersey literally that I'm going to be opening on Christmas. Like I'm currently still investing in this team. I will always invest in this team. I love the Minnesota Vikings. But I also got to keep it real when when I have to. And like they're – that was – That was really, really embarrassing this past Sunday, watching them lose to the Lions. Yeah, it sucks.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll catch you next week. A lot of good stuff. Guys, check out. Oh, real quick. um, Also, Ring of Honor's last show. This is it. This uh, Saturday, which they always like to go head-to-head with the UFC, which is never smart, but whatever. Um, They're done anyways. So something fell. Anyway, that was my
1: chair. Yeah.
0: Like- okay. yeah. And uh, if you guys, you know, longtime Ring of Honor fans order the show, this is the final one. I mean, in my opinion, Ring of Honor has been dead for a long time, but anyways, this is, this is it. And uh, we, you have UFC and uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a good weekend. So uh, we'll catch you guys next week and we'll talk about it. Also next week is uh winter is coming, which I'm not going to be able to go to and that sucks. So We'll just have to watch it from home. But anyways, awesome. Brian Danielson versus uh, Adam Hangman Page for the title already. So, yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. So we'll catch you guys next week. Go Cowboys. Go Vikings.